Broadcasting from the third coast and recorded live at Tripod South Studios, this is The Hango Show. I need to get inside your head. I got to know if you insane. I don't really, uh, hear too much about it. It's, well, I hear about it because I go to the hospital all the time. Right. It's like a shooting every weekend over there now. What? Dude, it's, it's sketch. Holy smoke. Go ahead. I already have. You go. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Ain't so thumb that she's on the other foot, is it? <laughs> All this peer pressure. I want to tell you something. Saturday night was a a ride. It, it was a. It was a terrifying experience. <laughs> I could tell in the text. It wasn't that bad, was it? I'm going to tell you something, man. Where'd you, where did you go? So, where, where did the guides take you? Um, all right, so I had... Uh, I had uh, worked. I decided, man, that I was... Uh, I had a... A friend of mine I hadn't seen in a while. I thought I'd go see. I got over there and um, all the lights were out. It was. It was I mean, I, I wasn't gonna go knock on the door because it was already a little, a little bit late. And so I just decided, man, that I just ride on blow because I wanted to have a little bit of energy when I was hanging out. So I downed this big cup of coffee. I had cooked some some coffee um, just to kind of get through the work day and everything, but. And I knew that I was going to be going over there, so I decided, man, I'd just take a cup with me right before I get to his place, um, like three or four or five minutes out. I just just tank the, the cup, man, and just, you know. So when I get over there and I see there's no lights on or anything like that, I thought to myself, oh, my gosh, man, I'm going to be bouncing off the walls here <laughs> shortly if I go back home. I mean, I'm going to be <clears throat> I'm going to be real sore tomorrow because I'll be doing just tons of push-ups. So I decided that I would just go to um, go to see if I could just have a drink somewhere, you know, in our local big city or the next big city over. And oh, I know what you're doing. Go ahead. And, I remember now. Yeah. So I get over there, um, and uh, I, it, it's really hard for me to tell the rest of the story without telling the rest of the story. And I really don't want to tell the rest of the story. You but, don't have to. But anyway, man, it was a uh, so I, I left the bar there, uh, kind of sketched out. You know, really a little more than kind of sketched out, but I was, I did leave the bar and I was, I was told myself, okay, I'm going home. And, um, so I leave the bar and I, and I go a way that I normally don't go. Um, just because I had this conversation with the guy at the bar, I usually, I usually would have gone down through the middle of town just to see what else the rest, everything else was going on. But since I had this conversation with this guy at the bar, um, all I wanted to do was go home. Yeah. And, uh, so I got immediately on the highway. Well, bro, I'm not on the highway a quarter mile and you come around this curve and then all of a sudden it's lit up like Christmas. This is on the interstate. This is on the, or on old on 78 the, on the loop, you know, where everything connects. You're just getting off. Well, of, like we're front street and all that's at. It's before that. It's before that exit. Right there under the bridge oh, yeah, where yeah, all yeah. the, you got yeah, they had have one to, there in forever. Oh my goodness, man. I'm going to tell you, and it was nothing but highway patrol. You know, of course it's Labor Day weekend, yep. you know, and they're looking, 
I mean, they're, they trying to find a reason. They've yes. Trying yeah. to find a reason. So, and I'm going to tell you, there was like four or five cars in front of me and I could see up ahead, there was five or six on each side <laughs> that they had pulled over. And there was, oh my goodness, man, they were buzzing like ants out there. I mean, just everywhere shine. And they had this, this flashlight that was like a Q beam. They were shining up in my car from, Ooh, man, a hundred yards easy. And it went now, and I was, I was, I was like, like they were standing right beside me. It was yeah. super bright. And, uh, so I get up to the, I finally make it up my, up to the, to the first officer. I flip my inside lights on right before I get up there. I have my driver's license. I'm, but when is it, when is down? I'm, you know, let me see license. And okay. He's got the flashlight looking at me. And how much have you had to drink tonight? I'm like, I've not been drinking anything. He goes, hmm. Okay, pull up here to the next officer. Oh. I'm like, Whoa. all right. So I pull up to that guy, and here he just comes, sticks his head over me into my car, <laughs> looking at my driver's license. His head is literally about at the edge of the steering wheel. You could bite on, his ear. On my right Easy. hand, on the passenger side of the steering wheel, he is in my car, and he's a big man. So I'm, I'm backed up. How much have you had to drink tonight? I'm like, Bro, I've not had any. Zero. Mm-hmm. You got, you got, you got, you got insurance on this vehicle. I'm like, well, of course I do. He said, let me see your insurance card. And I thought to myself at that second, that's where every, now this is where everything gets unraveled. I, I didn't have that easy, quick access to hand it to him. So he could eyeball it. We could, he could ask me, have you been drinking one more time? And I could get my little busy butt on home. Was it glove box? Or it was have? in the glove box, dude. And it was buried under all sorts no, of stuff. No, okay, no, so, no, no, no. So here's the deal. When COVID started, okay, <clears throat> I packed my glove box with hand sanitizer masks. and masks. <laughs> and also, dude, I got like like three or four inches of padding with masks and all sorts of other crap. That's that's packed down. Hazmat suit, the whole whole deal. All the man. I mean, safest glove box on just, the planet. Just in case all four of us, man, were out somewhere, I had us covered. Okay, so uh, so I'm I'm starting to pull stuff out. My passenger seat is starting to fill up. I mean, I'm 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 handfuls of stuff. Okay, and I'm just thinking to myself. Just find it so you don't have to open the little armrest because I was not sure what was in that armrest. <laughs> it was going to be a surprise for everybody. I was not, and I and I just didn't want to be surprised with with him standing right there. You know, I was just like, oh my gosh, please just find it. And, and finally, he just was like, look, just pull over. Oh, here. you were still sitting in the road. Oh yeah, oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I'm just at the second officer so far. Pull over up here, man, until you find it. You're blocking traffic, and I'm just like, oh man, I didn't want to pull over for any reason, none. Yeah. So here I am, man, just pulling that stuff out. Just pray and please let me find you, it. You should have done like a quick, while, oh, while you were pulling away, you should have like, oh, is it in there? Dude, I was just, I was just, I, I, couldn't, think, I couldn't think like that. Yeah. You know. So, so I, you need to get in that criminal mindset that I'm always in, man. Mm, you need, yeah. <laughs> what kind of. I'm in Captain America mindset, man. I'm thinking, you know, what's the right thing to do? No, man? no, 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 no. You, can't, you, you have to go, you have to go into true to life <laughs> if i get a chance to, to, to take a peek right quick i'm gonna do it uh, if i can get johnny law off my case yeah i'm gonna do some sleight of hand shit. i wouldn't have thought of that shit either Dude, <laughs> See, man, gonna, need to- i didn't want to all right so here which is what i didn't want to do man is open that thing up man and have to pull my nine out and move it oh, over. oh yeah that could you know with like five or six of them that's already why just keep, that's why you keep a nine on you Dude, in a way i was going to have a drink i wasn't thinking gunfight at the okay Corral, if anybody's man. interested in hango's criminal classes please write to the hango show at gmail.com 
I can tell you how to get away with all kinds of shit. The smart way. Go ahead. Finally, man, I find this insurance. It was in the card. glove apartment. It was in the glove box, but it was expired. Oh god. No. I promise. No. I promise. Okay. I had not put my new card in my car glove box yet. Rookie move. I'm, I'm just Captain America. I'm thinking, hey, miss, I'm good. I'm all right. You're not. I'm not, though. <laughs> so now, now this other Highway Patrol officer and his Wonder Boy sidekick, man. Oh, who's boy. Right out of the academy. Some rook. Just look, trying to find a reason. He's, walking, he's hungry. He's walking around, man, with a breathalyzer in his hand. Wishing a motherfucker would. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. He already had his unsnapped. I bet his dick was like half hard already. I'll, I'll take your word for it. And then we're, uh, so he walks in. <laughs> he, so oh the, so this other guy walks up and he's like, He's like, okay, so I handed out my hand out my insurance. I was just glad to find it. I had no idea it was. Expired. I've got it. Hey, I've got it. Boom. Here you go. All right, now I can get the hell out of here. So I hand it to him. He's got, of course, got his mag light on. While he's looking at it, Wonder Boy goes, "Sir, I'm going to need you to blow into this." <laughs> and he's got it right in my face. That's when you say that's what she said. <laughs> See, I don't think like that, man. I'm captain. I'm like, no, you know. But what I did say was, "Hey, man, is that thing clean?" You just seem to put a new tube on there. No, you don't man, know. I was like, I was like, he goes, he goes, yeah, it's a brand new tube. I'm like, Phew. and then, and then right before I blow into this thing, man, the other guy, though, senior officer goes, Hey man, your insurance is expired. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 man. No, 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 no. It's good. How do you Same. bring in this thing? <laughs> Same. Harpo's hyperventilating. <laughs> Same information, bro. It's just, it's just, I didn't put the new card in here. It's, I mean, you could call it in. It's good. I promise. Meanwhile, you know, <laughs> here I go. He goes, all right, sir. Just, I need you to blow in this thing till I tell you to stop. You know the routine. How we've all done it. So, man, I give it a go. He looks at it. He shows it to the senior officer. They look at each other, look back at me, and go, how much have you been drinking? And I said, I've not drank anything. I don't have any. For the not. 15th time, I had yeah. a drop. He goes, well, blow in it again. I'm like. <sighs> Double oh, jeopardy, but oh, this is the Constitution. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I give it another go, man. They look at each other, look at me, and they're like, so you haven't had anything to drink? I said, look, bro, here's my cup of coffee that I, that I had. just knocked out. I, yeah, I just drank it. I just got off of work going to see a friend. He was obviously in bed. Blah, blah. He goes, he goes, well, your eyes are really red. And I said, man, my head has been stopped up all day and I just got off of work. You know, I, it's just one of those days when I said my head was all stopped up. They both took a step back. <laughs> oh, you, you should have uh, <laughs> given them a good sniffle. I should have been like, he's got a hospital with COVID. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so finally, man, he's like, okay, man, well, be careful. And I was just thinking to myself, wow, this I can't get home fast enough tonight, man. This is just. I, but was, you shouldn't. You should go like seventy miles an hour. Yeah, I, ten I, and two, baby. Well, I was ten and two, seventy. <laughs> I had to, I had the crew set. It wouldn't have mattered, dude. I was not swerving if a deer ran out in front of me, man. We were heading on, man. I was just, I wasn't going to swerve for nothing. Dude, look, I, I'm, I'm I was locked in. I hate cops so much. I have like backups upon backups of all my shit. I've got a picture of my license on my phone in case I leave my wallet at home for some reason. I've got, uh, the insurance app with my, with my card on it. Plus I've got the paper card in my car, not in the glove compartment. Not in the console. I keep it right here where the sunglasses are at. So they've got no reason to look in my car whatsoever. If they can pull me over, it's right there. I, they got no reason to look in my back seat. 
They got a reason. Look at look at my console or my glove apartment. Criminal mindset, man. It when keeps you window down your, like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I run my window down. Well, I mean, is, isn't your car like considered your home? It's the problem with all these search and seizure stuff. The Fourth Amendment yeah. stuff is probable cause. Right. That's that's what police lean on more than anything else, because okay. uh, Johnny Law can stick his big fat nose in your car and go. I smell weed. Right. You know, where they bring out a, a dog. Well, that's what I figured they were trying to do with him. When the, uh, when you said the officer stuck his head in there, he was trying to smell alcohol. Oh, he yeah. Was, he was wanting to smell yeah. alcohol. Oh, yeah. That was for sure. Me and he Shank went, went I don't, the pub. How is that legal? You can stick your fucking head in somebody's well, he's car. Not, he's not. It, it's something that, if anything's in plain view, yeah. that's, that's, a, that's a reason they can search. Yeah, sure. So even like... Rolling papers, even though you might roll your own cigarettes or something, that's 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 a reason to search. Tin foil, which people use to smoke meth or, or roll tin foil, that's reason to search. Well, I was not the man. I mean, there was no reason for any of it, really. I mean, there was no reason for yeah, you know was. to be tax money, baby. Well, it's it was, Labor Day weekend, <laughs> time to get paid, baby. Yeah, well, you know that's. It, it, I give police zero reason to be interested in me. Zip. I don't have dark tint on my car. I've got tint, but it's legal. You know, I don't have loud, obnoxious exhaust on my car. I give cops zero because my car is already a, a magnet. A magnet for cops. Sure. You Absolutely. Know, they see that thing. They're like, "Oh shit, he's gonna, he's gonna do it. He's gonna." And I'm driving like Grandpa. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't tear ass coming out of stoplights or stop signs. You know, I always signal. Mm-hmm. I give cops. No reason to be interested in me at all. Yeah. My next car is going to like an 89 LTD, I think. I'm just going to buy some old grandpa car, just solid steel, and just, just drive it that way. Yeah. You know, be criminal as shit, but keep that shit tampered down. You know, I don't give a cop any reason to look anywhere near me. I don't, I get, I I don't get looked at anymore either since I got rid of the Mustang. Yeah. Like, like oh, look at that cute little lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> it's cute and blue. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to the Hango Show. This is your host, Hango Wood. And tonight, I got the boys in here on Not a Monday. Unbelievable. Very special. I got a harpoon here. Got Jut here. And all the way from the loo, I've got Jay in here in the studio. He made the trip south against his own will, I guess, and stopped by to record with us. How y'all doing tonight? Great, man. Glad, glad to have you here, Jay. And whatever it is, I've not had this before, man, but this is this this is a nice drink. It's great, man. Well, cheers. Come, yeah, cheers. Yeah, cheers, guys. Yeah. All right. Tell the folks what we're sipping on there, Jay. You're sipping on an age-old <laughs> bottle of screwball peanut butter whiskey. And uh, it's you had some, it, it, it some grape-flavored, grape-jelly-flavored ice cubes, man. This <laughs> <laughs> or, or have you had some coffee flavored ice, or you know coffee ice cubes? Or oh yeah, I was telling oh, Judd here uh, get some uh, milk chocolate stout and uh, or chocolate milk stout, whatever you call that, and throw a, throw a little bit of this in there. It's like amazing. Man. This is good, man. Just yeah. on the rocks like this. This it is really dangerous. Is. <laughs> this is so. Da- What's the alcohol? What's the proof on that? Do you know? Is it listed on there? I don't have my glasses on. What does that say? Jig wears his in his eyeballs, so he should be able to see it. Alcohol by volume. Uh, 
So was seven, it like seven, seven proof? proof. Yep. I mean, it's yeah, it's it'll get you fucked up, I'm sure. Oh, well, yeah. But that that's it's um that's like a better version of Fireball. Mm-hmm. Like the the alcohol is non-existent tasting in there at all. Well, I don't usually drink it on the rocks anyway. I usually just drink it straight up. Drink it straight up, and uh, if you drink it straight up, it's got it's a little bit warm. You know, this cools it off a little bit, but it goes down warm. Well, this is it has that aftertaste for at least a thirty forty five seconds. You know, it's It'd really be awesome good. to cook with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. it yeah. would be mm. some kind of dessert or something like that, flambe yeah. or it's. It'd get me in a lot of trouble. I well, mean, this, it really would. This will get me in a lot of trouble if uh, if I'm left alone with it. <laughs> <laughs> but I also on the on the flip side, I, I do like a little bit of Fireball with my cider. Oh yeah, like, like with a, hot, a hot, hot apple cider or something. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. I feel you with that for sure. That, that season, that time's coming. He brought, I guess, fall with him when he showed up. Thank yeah, you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Very much appreciated. I went out and gave him a tour of our fair town today. Um, took him down like, to the canal and showed that to him. And then we went out to the spring, got a little sip out there and, uh, came back down the interstate, kind of drove around, kind of gave him a history of the area. Uh, tomorrow I'm going to take him up to the Indian mounds, show those to him. We'll get some good barbecue tomorrow. I'm going to, I'm going to treat him right. Good. We'll have good. a good time. Yeah. I'm glad you came down dude. I'm, I was, when you, when you said, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm available these days. Are you going to be around? Like, well, that's my last night of my, of my work schedule, but I'll be good rest time. Cool, I'm coming down. I'm like, threaten me with a good time, man. We'll, <laughs> we'll make it happen. Glad you did. Mm-hmm. So how's, you just started your work week last night. Tonight. I guess. Oh, yesterday's Thursday. Man, I'm, yeah. I slept four hours. I got home, slept four hours, got up when and got him. <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of in that mode trying to switch back over. It was a, uh, it, of course, I'm Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Today is the only day that we were going to have out of the three-day work week any help other than me and one person. Right. It's just, I mean, it's usually a struggle for four people, you know, to oh, yeah. to have a good night. Keep up. Yeah, for everything to roll good. Tomorrow night, which is Friday night, our busy night, it's going to be me and one person. Are y'all doing yeah. pizzas for the, for the football team this year? Not yet we are, but not this <sighs> week. Dude, that's going to be so rough when you have those. Well, yeah. Well, well, honestly, man, I think this may be this may be the only weekend I'm, I've got it like this. I my full time kid um, over the holiday weekend was hanging out with his mom, hugging on her, loving on her like you normally would. And when he got back home, um, she called him the next morning and said she just got back from the doctor, got no, tested, she no, was positive. No. And I was just like, well, you got to take at least a week off, man, and be tested before you come back. I mean, it's just it's just the way it is, and. Uh, so all I've got really other than him is my two part-time kids. And one of them is a little lady who's got her kids every other weekend. Right. This is her weekend to have them. So she can't work. You know, my other part-time kid, he came in today and uh, and helped out. He already he had some things to do, but he understood, man, the severity of it. He's just like, but there's just, I'm going to be out of town Friday and Saturday. I just, or I would. Um, Yeah. So it was super hectic tonight, you know, um, and but we did a lot of prep work that was just time consuming stuff like folding boxes, something that's not going to hurt to do ahead of time, you know, getting several things like that ready to go. Um, so I'll just have to hit it super early tomorrow and super early Saturday and just grind, you yeah. know, and just be Captain America, man, and just get it. How many pies do you guys go through in a, in a day? 
Um, it's, uh, it can vary. Um, you know, it's, uh, we, we stay pretty steady all day. It's not like, uh, it's not like what you might think of like a Domino's, that type of volume or something like that. We're, um, a little bit more, you know, you got to think we've got 35, 3,800 people here in town, you know, um, we're by far the most expensive food probably in the area other than maybe the seafood joint out by the river. Um, and it's just because of the quality of the food. So we're way, we, we push quality, you know, so it's a higher end product going out. So the, the volume isn't like what you might see at a pizza hut or a little Caesar or something like that. Shots um, fired. <laughs> just telling the truth, man. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. So, but you know, it's just right now, uh, historically we've had carry out delivery and dine in. Um, we've reeled in the dine in just when COVID started. And after, I guess, COVID got really, really, really kicking, we wheeled it back from six days to three. Got it. So um, so now we're just doing Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And um, I've actually got another full-time guy. But after work a few weeks ago, he was playing basketball with some of his buddies and broke his ankle. So today he went back to the doctor this morning. Found out he's going to have to have another surgery in a couple of weeks. Yeah. There's a piece of a bone or something that was, had slipped down in up underneath his heel or something. And it's just causing problems. Yeah. So they're going to let kind of the big bone start healing before they cut him back open to get the little one out. So he's out another three months. Yeah. You know, and he's like my main guy that. He's a workhorse. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, man. It's just a, it's just a grind right now you know it's 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 but that's okay you know man i've been i'm blessed and i'm i'm healthy and and i'm a badass in the kitchen man so i mean if there's a possible way to do it man we will get it done you know with any help and i'm not bragging saying i'm a badass i'm just saying oh, that, but you've got years of experience doing yeah, yeah, experience. yeah yeah 20 over 25 years you know so i mean i'm I, you know if with help you know, of any sort, man. I mean, and I'm super prepped. I, I like to get prepped. I like to, I like to start the day regardless of what it is, man, ready for a big day regardless, you know? So just in case I'm always prepped up so I don't have to say no to a big order gotcha. or something, man, you know, so, but where anyway, do you, where do your big orders normally come from? Families or yeah, families. Well, usually after lunch, you know, before, during lunch or something, we do quite a few business, uh, pizzas there people are feeding their office or they're they have uh extra crew coming in to do inventory and they're getting you know 12 15 pizzas or something to fill to fill up everybody you know so they don't have to leave things like that office meetings we do a lot of catering excuse me for doctor's offices and stuff like that um we're set up with a couple of different companies that all they do is offer catering to professional reps you know of any sort so if anybody in the northeast you know, area of our state wanted to get us to cater them a meal, then they just, they can order through these websites and, and then I would get the order and, and fill it for them. So, nice. so yeah, we're just, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's just going to be interesting. I'm glad we're doing this tonight instead of tomorrow <laughs> night. Man, <'cause>, yeah, <laughs> for sure. So, um, Jig, you said you've, y'all had hell this week with the FDA starting shit again yeah, for the past couple of weeks. It's been, it's been pretty, it's been really bad, honestly. Just shut down whole, companies left and right. The whole industry. Yeah. Um, uh, like I said, last time I was, we were here, you know, they're not, 
they're just they're flipping through applications and just saying denied. Yep. You know, they're not they're not actually testing product uh, because if you don't make it through the first phase, you don't you know you don't have a shot. Yeah, and there's no you know there's no rebound from it. There's not an open session where you can go in and be like, all right, cool. Well, we'll try it again. There's no again. There's no chance to state your case or anything. No. 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 Uh, I mean, that's that's it. They've, they've got the final say. Yeah. You know. So, you know, we've lost several million products yeah. just in the last well, week, honestly, you know. So lost them as in you can't buy them anymore or they just can't get them. Yeah. It would be illegal to have them, uh, or sell them. It would be illegal for the manufacturer to make them. Yeah. Yeah. Shit's serious. People people don't don't realize that this is a yeah serious thing. (laughs) And if you're just now getting into the part where, Hey, I can't get my liquid anymore. You're 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 a couple years behind. Yeah, Yeah. You're, you're, you're five years behind. You know, we've been fighting this ever since I opened that damn shop. Yeah. And you know, people don't understand. It's like you're going to walk in here one day, and your liquid's not going to be on that shelf because I can't get it because it's not being made. And it's it started it started years ago. This is not new. Yeah. Uh, but you can't get you know people that are just there for the convenience of it being there don't understand how much shit we've been through. You know, as a as an all around just a general industry, they don't get it. You know, it's like, nah, it'll always be there. But and think about it this way. Let's say like the ATF came out with new regulations and they said, we're going to start banning all guns over a 40 caliber. Mm-hmm. People would come out of the woodwork. Sure. Losing their shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But this don't affect a lot of people. Right. You know, I, I hate the slippery slope argument that they start with, if they start with this, they're going to go to the guns eventually, you know? But this proves whole different thing. This proves the government can do anything they want, depending on who's paying their check. Whatever, whatever uh, industry they want to put into whatever, they can do it. You know, if they wanted to turn over firearms to the FDA, (laughs) they could just say, "All right, cool, bill passed." Yep, done. Well, they did the same thing during the Patriot Act. You know, the the Coast Guard isn't part of the armed services anymore. The Coast Guard is now under the umbrella of Homeland Security. Oh. Yeah, are so they really? I didn't know that. In one bill, they moved an entire branch of the military under Homeland Security. They've always been the redheaded stepchild. <laughs> the Puddle Navy. Exactly. <laughs> Knee-deep Navy. You know, I mean, so, I mean they just, I mean, with Congress, with the stroke of a pen and enough money, enough money to back them up, you know, that's what they're looking for. That's, I saw, I watched this guy on YouTube. He's a history professor. He said, any question you have about history, you ask one question. Where did the money come from? From ancient Egypt to today. All you got to do is follow the money line, and you'll see why things happened in history. Whether it be a war or a trade deal or anything else, just follow the trace of the money, and you'll see why things happened the way they did. I've never never even thought about looking at history like that, I guess. Well, it's, it's the absolute, Egypt, you know, or whatever. It's the absolute truth. Why did, why did we decide to colonize America? Why did England and the Europe decide to colonize America? Well, the Spanish took over South America because of the gold and silver mines. You know, the British landed in America, started cutting down trees for timber for ships and shipping them back. 
English had a huge navy for a reason, and they needed that wood. You can't grow a lot of wood on an island. <laughs> you know, they had to get it from somewhere else. It all goes back to money and trade and everything else. And you guys hear about the, uh, I think you, you might have talked about this a little bit, but the, the uh, proposal from Biden on giving the IRS access to any accounts that have over $600 in it? I saw it the other day. No, what? Yeah, so. I'll be empty in my bank account. <laughs> you know, that's not good for banks either because that creates more reporting, which creates more, paperwork. more cost, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, uh, currently banks are only required to report deposits of $10,000 or more, but anything over $600. So I, it, it sounds like it'd be more like the currency transaction report where you cash in or out over 10000 not maybe in your account, but as a single deposit. Well, you're talking about 600 bucks. That's every single Dude, person. That's my paycheck. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, you're, mine's over 600. So, it means the government's going to have access to every deposit and withdrawal, I believe, of over $600. They get a report on it and where it's going and who it's going to. And you were mentioning earlier that you had, that you knew somebody that was doing nails. Right. Well, I didn't know him. I read well, an you, article about it. You read it. an article about it, but to the point, right? So they're doing it, quote unquote, under the table so they can make their dollars and still get uh, unemployment. Right. But you're going to see a lot more of that if people are having to report all their cash. For sure. Yeah. So yes. It's going to create a deficit in the economy. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. They're just turning everything into the black market. Yeah. Black markets are the free market. I've always yeah, said that. Yeah. <laughs> You need a shirt with that on. Yeah, that's for sure. The first thing we're going to put on on, on the uh, the Hango Show website is going to be our merch. It's going to be a flat the flat the black market's a free market. They're not going to believe the black market they're creating with the FDA. Right oh, dude, now. it's going to be. It, it's. I'm not for regulation. I mean, we've already we're already seeing all over the last few years. When you buy vape juice at a gas station, mm-hmm. you're not getting vape juice. Well, I mean, you've already got companies now looking at TFN, <clears throat> which is tobacco free nicotine. Because it's a loophole right now uh, to make your, you know, with synthetic nicotine, it's not from tobacco. So they can't really call it a tobacco product. So you got a lot of companies looking at the TFN. Is it, is a, is a, is it a viable substitute for, for Nick? I think juice? so. I okay. Mean, I salt Nick is. Okay. So, I mean. That's what I hit all the time. I yeah. drink that shit. Right. And a lot of people do. Uh, but I don't know that all salt Nick is not. You know, from tobacco base, right? Uh, not sure on the construct of that, but it's like, it's uh, like caffeine-free yeah. coffee. I mean, all <laughs> like I talked to I talked to an e-liquid company today, and they were like, "Hey, uh, this will be the last order you can make before we switch over to our TFN." And I was like, "Huh? I don't like where I, I don't like working gray areas, guys. You know, if if this is not going to be a viable product, I'm not going to waste money on it." Yeah. Uh, and they were like, well, just, you know, hang in there. We'll, we'll see where it goes. And I was like, well, all right, well, here's what I'm going to do. My next order is going to be non-existent. <laughs> uh, because I'm not, I'm not playing the gray area game For with sure. the FDA or, you know, local law enforcement. If they come in and swipe my shelves, who do I send that bill to? Yeah. You know, you're not going to pay it. So I was like, let's just, uh, this is, just know that this is my final order until we figure out where the FDA is going with all of these other regulations they've got going down the pipe, which is probably, you know, it's going to end the vape industry as we know it. Yeah. It's going to kill it's, it. It's done. Uh, you know, I have, I'm very optimistic about the, there's a lot of uh, tobacco control activists 
that are getting in on this. Hey, you know, a little late to the game. Yeah. However, um, but they're coming out now and there's all these tobacco control activists are saying, Hey, you really need to give this vaping thing a shot. You know, the, you're, you're, you're missing out on a big market here. They're throwing out the baby with the bathwater. Yeah. 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 But you know, it's, those guys should have been speaking up 10 years ago. Oh, for sure. You know, when they first saw vaping coming into the American, you know, industry. Is, is Casa still doing their stuff? Casa, Safada. Um, They're all just. Everybody. Everybody's try- still advocating. AVA, um, all great, great uh, people. Um, well, I just know Casa has been boots on the ground. It seemed like from the get go. <clears throat> they have. You know. Yeah. All the all three of those all three of those groups are are really good to follow. They got really good information, and that's our end. You know, those guys are at the on the front lines right now, kind of figuring stuff out. Uh, your local guys are better for local. Yeah, you know, like per state or per city state, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and a lot of states are you know are just out of it. They're California, sucks. Indiana. Sucks. Yep. Wow, there's man. a lot. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Is vape an international industry or just uh, North America? Okay, no, it's we all about it's it international. In the UK, they yeah. they have vape shops in hospitals okay. in England. Yeah, as a way to get people off the nick. Off, it's an absolute uh, tobacco cessation device in 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 UK. Yeah, they're pushing it hard yeah. for people. Are the manufacturers that manufacture stuff that we would purchase here the same as what they would purchase there? Same liquids. Um, different sizes. The, the, the UK have a very strict policy on bottle size and tank size as far as what you can sell. Um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you can only sell 10 milliliter bottles. I don't know if that's changed, but I'm, I'm pretty sure 10 milliliter bottles, uh, is the largest you can sell and you can only have a tank up to two milliliters. Like that's so, a two milliliter tank. Yeah. Or okay. this little pod. Yeah. That's why those pod systems are pretty much in existence right now was because people were scrambling for a way to still get into the TPD through the, you know, into the UK and still sell their product there. And they were like, okay, if you want to do that, your tanks can't hold more than two milliliters and your, your bottle sizes have to be under so many or, or at 10 milliliter. So, yeah. To trade, to trade with, you say, UK... Does it have to be? Does it have to be FDA approved here for us to trade there, or can these manufacturers kind of screwed? I think it's a whole different thing. I, if you sent your liquid uh, to have it uh, okayed by the TPD, I don't think the FDA can touch it. Now, what they can do is make it illegal for you to manufacture it in the states because it's contraband at that point. You know, that's uh, that's that's the that's the weird part. It's like. You're turning us into criminals for no reason, yeah. you know. But now, what Jay was talking about, I mean, to change the subject on you, but he was talking about a girl doing nails. There's an article about in the Hamptons this summer, they had no workers. When all the rich went to the Hamptons to vacation this summer, the government wasn't issuing the J-1 visas. A lot of people from Ireland and the U.K. come to the Hamptons during the summer to work. They make so much money catering to the, the wealthy up there. Government didn't issue any of those visas. Couple that with the already not job shortage, employee shortage going into that. This one lady had a nail salon up there in the Hamptons, and she usually had 
herself plus seven employees. She has two right now because all the other ones quit and started working from home doing their own thing. Wow. All these rich folks showed up with no waiters at the restaurants, no bartenders at the bars, no barbers, no hairstylists, no nail techs, all the fancy shit they're used to. They had to go out and find it because people were doing it from home. This lady who owned this nail shop ran into one of her former employees in the grocery store and begged her to come back to work. She said, why would I come back to work when I can stay at home and keep all the money instead of giving you a cut? And this girl had been put on retainer for the summer by a lady living on a, a yacht, 300 bucks a day, just to be at beck and call. And the days that she did call her, she paid her 800 on top of the 300 so this woman worked out a deal to be on retainer for 300 bucks a day for three months, whether she worked or not. And when she did work, it was 800 on top of it. That's about 3000 a week. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, an, that's more than you make at a nail salon. But it's, and like, it's under the table. It's, exactly. That's what, what me and Jay were talking about. He's like, are they paying taxes? I'm like, probably not. You know? So it's just. But, but do you think, man, those, those rich people, man, are, are giving her 3000 a week cash? Or are they writing her a check? Or are they if cash on the yacht. Her or whatever? <laughs> I hope I hope they're giving her for her sake. I hope they're giving her cash. Well, I mean, now you've got Cash App, Venmo, yep. all the it's all know. it's all just shot to your. Still, yeah. it says it's a it's a paper trail. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you know. could do friends and family PayPal. Yeah, that's true. You know. Yeah. Exactly. It's all there. But yeah, this guy who he owns a um, he's done a lot. Of, I watched the video. He's talking about it. He does a lot of work. The right right to repair legislation that's going on. Are you familiar with that at all? Like if my iPhone breaks, I can't fix it myself. I have to take it to genius bar. According to the warranty, it's got to go through Apple. He said, that's that's bullshit. Give it to Nancy and let her watch one Google video. (laughs) (laughs) Promise. Well, that's why he, he makes, he makes videos on YouTube showing you how to repair your MacBook, how to repair your iMac, how to repair your Pixel. He shows you step-by-step how to do it. He's got a storefront in Midtown Manhattan. And he said when COVID hit, like that last March or whatever, that his client, because there was nobody on the streets of New York. It was, it was like a wasteland. Yeah. Him and the guys at his shop were out kicking a soccer ball around in, on, on the street. There was no traffic, and there was no business coming in. And he's like, but I still paid my guys. Even though we were kicking the ball around or sitting in the shop twiddling our thumbs, it was to my advantage to keep them on payroll. Because I knew in about a couple months, things would start back up again. Everybody else was laying people off or furloughing people or whatever. And now he said, I'm so busy, I could hire two or three more techs, and I'm paying them 20% above average for, the, for their job skills. And they said, yeah, pay me on the table so I can keep getting unemployment. He's like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm paying you enough to cover what your unemployment already is. Yeah, they want to stack. And none of them will come back to work because they're going to lose, they're going to lose the unemployment. That's, I'm telling you, man, it's just, that's just, it's just wrecking stuff. It's, it's just absolutely wrecking the, the, I think your work ethic. Oh, for sure. It's going to ruin a generation, man. Oh, yeah. It's definitely going to ruin a generation. Think of all the people who will remember that if, if everything changed, say, some, at the end of the year or whatever, went back, they cut everything out. You just got to go get a job, hustle your own, you know, your own, your own type. 
people will remember this forever and will always be thinking or saying, hey, man, this is some kind of a disaster. We need some more help now, you know, or or it, it'll just make people lazy. The The people that if everything did switch back to, you know, 2018 type work ethic at the end of the year, the people that are going to be struggling the most to get back into their day-to-day routine, man, are like 40 and above. These people, man, are a little, you know, they're not in their 20s and 30s. They're not just super active anymore. And now they've been sitting around for a year and a half. You know, now you got to go back to working five full, five days a week, full time, and, and then go pick up your kids at school and do all the stuff you were used to doing. You know, just hustle, 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 hustle. And now you've had a year and a half to really kick back and, you know, Hit it if you want to. Hit it and don't, you know. Yeah. Those are the guys that are going to be struggling. You'll see that a lot. I bet you. Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if y'all listened to the episode I've had Jay on. He he works in banking, so he knows all about all the ins and outs. Not we're talking about the uh, what's going on with, with house, the housing market right now. Mm-hmm. That it's just exploding. You know. Asked him, you seen a lot of. Loans coming on. He's up for houses. Yeah. Home equity. Yeah. <laughs> Seen it. So, I mean, are people who are applying for loans for housing, are they getting approved? They are. They are. They're getting approved. And uh, the the positive side about the, about the institution I work for is they're extremely conservative. Been around for more than 150 years. I think 154 years. And um, so they're they're pretty conservative by nature, but because of all the federal programs on the mortgage side, so you're talking about just strictly mortgage, there are so many uh, programs that are meant to help people that probably wouldn't be able to do it on their own. Mm. And uh, so the good thing is, is that our customers are probably not going to end up in bad shape, but customers that aren't, that are our customers, but not our mortgage customers, they come and say, hey, I got this good deal. I was able to, to buy this house and bid for it and, and, and go overpriced. Like I was telling you, they're going to be really hurting, especially when either the market turns or the bubble busts. Uh, just because if you're overpaying by 30%, I mean, you're, you're not in an equity position for probably they're going to be underwater half, half of the mortgage go. life. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you just think about the cycle, right? So the last time we cycled like this was in 2008. So that was 13 years ago. So if you figure that's half of the life of a mortgage, basically. So these people will never be in an equity position. So if they had to sell, I mean, most people keep a house about five years. That's, you know, most people. They're not selling the house in five years. You know what I mean? So you're, you're going to be stuck where you're at, paying a mortgage that's probably not worth uh, the house that you have. And so you're, you're really just getting molested at that point. Yeah. So, so most people, man, will buy a house, and every five years they'll move. A lot of people will. So, by law, you, you got to be in a house five years before you can sell it and not have a capital gain. Okay, so uh, and, and and be hurting uh, tax wise. I mean, there are still tax implications for money you make, but not on the uh, not like if you were to sell it before five years. So it's, it's considered more of a long-term investment if it's Ex- if it's after five years. Exactly. So you d- you definitely want to stay in that five-year range at, at a bare minimum. Mm-hmm. But uh, most people, like for example, uh, just as a is a personal example, my neighbor was uh, moved in probably the year after we did, and they just sold I think two years ago, and we've been there seven years. So they were there right at about five years, 
And that was their starter home. You know, they had no kids when they moved in. It was just them two. They had two kids by the time they left, and now they had no more room. So they, they went to the next house. And when that house is too small, they'll go to the next house. Um, and a lot of people do that uh, when they're growing families and things of that nature. Now, yeah. And then you get people that are downsizing in the opposite direction. Now their kids are all gone. They're retiring. They don't need that much house. And so now they're going to make a little bit of money by selling it. So... Uh, you're, I wouldn't say that everybody sells after five years, but it's very common that people are moving in that five to ten year range is when they're upgrading or downgrading. I got you. Unless people really are uh, from that area and they don't want to move. Right. You know, if, if you, you know, if inventory is low, say for example, if if you have, a, I don't know what the inventory is around here, but you've been in your house what ten years. Or, uh, We've been in our house. Uh, we bought it in 2010, so yeah, like 11 years. January was 11 years. In in your mind's eye, do you have any? Would you ever move from that house unless something major happened? It, it, if we move again, it's going to be somewhere where it's sunny and I can put my, my feet in the sand. It's going to be right. like, like talking about Key West earlier. I would not mind living in Key West at all. So I mean, you're not going to move because there's no reason for you to. Right. Move. I mean, my job is unless I move to to another one of our branches, which are mostly out west. You know, just most from from here west is where all of our all of our divisions are at. So, yeah, unless I moved up and made a significant amount more money, I've got no reason to move. My family's here and everything else. And people that don't need to have the money, like for example, if you if you paid your house off, right, and you don't need the money to move, you might just keep that house and rent it mm. if you're inclined. You know, so you do see some of that, and so the inventory stays stagnant if you if you don't. Sell the house, right? Um, but right now, you got expanding where, where I'm from. People just keep moving further and further out west, right? And so that inventory becomes available, and then people. So we we have a river that can be crossed, mm-hmm. and it used to be that river was a big divide of back know, across the bridge. The yeah, whole movement, yeah, yeah. And so you know, you got more of the people that you would never think would move over across that bridge are now moving over in. Big numbers, so you got to have more inventory for that, right? right. And so, if, if the people that are living there now don't want to be either commingled with those people moving over, or they don't want to, or they need to upgrade, they're going to build something uh, even further away, further away because it's bigger and cheaper, mm. right? So they'd be willing to drive more potentially until that area grows up, so they can have a bigger house, more property, less cost. Well, they're they're moving more into a rural area if you're going west from where y'all are now. Right. So it's probably lower land taxes. Lower land because taxes. Because you're going to be out of the city. Yep. You know, you're just paying county taxes. Um, yeah, and you have more land to occupy. You know, instead of being stacked on top of each other, like we talked about the subdivision earlier, where you can touch the house next door to you through the window, you know? Exactly. Um, and we've seen that here in one of our more metro areas. Uh, there was a big move to get out of the city into a smaller city outside of it, which made it the second largest city in the state because, because of the movement to get out of the city. Well, now people who were left in the city are moving out that way. Well, those people are even moving other, other South. <laughs> it's, it's like they're playing hop. They're playing like leapfrog. Right. You know, <clears throat> and I mean, with this comp, the climate we're in right now with the low inventory, when it comes to housing, the prices people are paying, are astronomical. Well, you were talking about like a 30%, you know, uh, above cost payment for some folks. Exactly. You know, I mean, that's in, 
that's ridiculous. Well, yeah. another we, we were talking. People are not, you know, three bedroom, two bath. That's kind of been like mm-hmm. the standard in America mm-hmm. for homes. You know, you got uh, you got the mom and dad and the two point five kids. I don't know if you're going to put that half kid at maybe in the attic or something. You know, and they each got a bathroom. What's that? That hopefully <laughs> fucker won't be out buying vapes. <laughs> Put them under the stairs. Um, well, that that model of the three bedroom, two bath, that's little now. Now everybody's wanting four or five bedrooms, bonus rooms, because they want that home. Now that everybody's working from home. Mom and dad need an office. You know, so now they're buying more house than they really. I mean, Tink works from home. You'll see tomorrow. Her office. Is in the kitchen, <laughs> right next to the countertop, you know. And that's where those home equities are coming from. So, Hango, I mean, if you if you can't move because there's no inventory, well, now you, if you're in an equity position, you're going to borrow, right, so that you can expand. So I should borrow. I should borrow money then. No, you, you not unless you have to, right? <laughs> but but because people, their kids were at home too. Yeah. So you're 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 fortunate in the fact that you could have your office in your kitchen. But some people can't keep their sanity and do that, yeah. especially over over the pandemic. So what they did is there was nothing going on other than working in whatever they did at home. They were all at home the whole time, so they decided to do projects, expand, right? So that gave the they gave the county more money because you had to have permits. Mm. You know, you had to have people. You had to have, you're, you're you're helping out all the the places that provide all of the uh, materials to build. And then people were either doing it themselves because they were home and they could take the time. Uh, unlike previous times where you have to hire, you know, somebody else to do it because you weren't there or they were hiring people that uh, were out of work and that needed to do something. They were giving you a great deal, you know, so you, you could expand. Um, in fact, I had a, I knew a, I have a customer of mine who he's like, I don't really want to move. My kids are in the same district. He's like, but I need to make, I need to put an addition on my house and it's basically going to be a completely different house. By the time this is done, we're going to rearrange. Everything's going to be completely in a different place. They're not just talking out a wall and building onto yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, they're going to basically live in the house, completely gut it basically <laughs> and do, and do a, uh, an addition instead of selling it, buying something different, making the space or finding something adequate for what they want. They're going to make the space what they want it to be. Is that a smart move? For these guys, it was this guy worked at uh, in an airplane uh, manufacturer place. Okay, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was an engineer, so he could do all that stuff himself. He had an engineer's mind. He was very handy, and uh, he had the time. So he he was doing this hands on. He just needed the capital. He just needed the capital, right? And uh, so the house was only worth X amount of dollars, but based on the plans, it was going to be about. Not double, but close to double. So then you got to find a lender who's going to lend on the potential because in a home equity, you got to lend on what's there. Right. Right. Not so, what's going to be. Well, not what's going to be. So there are lenders that would do that. Uh, it's not us, but that's what the, that's what he wanted to do. And, and in customers' minds, eyes are like, I can, I can do this because I can do this and I have a good idea. You should you should back this. Well, that's not how things work. But. <laughs> uh, Take my word for it. I know what I'm doing. But, you know, just the thought that, hey, I don't want to move. My kids are in the right district. You know, I I want to be here. It's my neighborhood. I don't want to have to find something that I have to settle for. I want to make whatever I'm going to have my own. So that was the thought there. So people were doing additions. People were doing whole new 
insides. They were doing all kinds of stuff to make uh, make do because there was no inventory, you know. Yeah. Or so, people were settling for whatever to inventory was out there. When when somebody does something like that, like they they build onto something that's pre existing, and they you know it pops the price up, you know whatever a quarter of a million dollars say. What does that do to the property around it? I'm not a real estate agent, but I know that, uh, or not a real estate agent, but a, uh, what do you call that? A realtor? No, the, the people that uh, look at all the... An appraiser. 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 Yeah, thank you. I couldn't think of the word for a second. I'm not an appraiser, but what I think they do is they can go out a certain distance. I, I think it's under five miles, right? But it's a radius. And they're going to look at recent sales, and they're going to comp it that way. So what you could do if you... What you should do in this situation is once everything is complete is hire your own appraiser to appraise it officially after it's complete so that you have your own number. Because if you don't have an appraiser do that yourself, you're gonna it's going to be a comped number. You know what I mean? And I believe on a construction piece like that where you're, where you're doing everything new, there's a time frame, I believe, that you have to establish before you can resell it at the price that it's worth. You know what I mean? I think it's, I think it's like a six-month. Capital gains type. No, this is more of like a time frame of uh, like to establish the uh, the cost. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I'm not I'm not an expert in that piece, but um, I know that people were going in that in that direction because the inventory was low, and they were trying to uh, maximize you know whatever they could as far as their property values were. But so I mean, kind of a livable area type deal. Exactly. Kind of. I'm just trying to repair my deck. <laughs> well, that's the time you, you came on the show. You're like, yeah, I'm here on my deck, you know, this and that. Um, no, I was telling him about some of the some of the, the prices I've seen. There's a lady had a one-room cabin, okay? It was a box of a house with, like, bedroom, kitchenette, and toilet in the corner type deal up on a lake in, like, outside of Toronto. She built it for, like, 300000 Canadian. You know, it's just, it's a late, a late cabin. She put it on the market and the realtor couldn't give virtual tours for people banging on the door wanting to come in and look at the place. 300 something people lined up wanting to come in and look at it. She sold it for over a million Canadian. So 15 American. Exactly. <laughs> You're thinking pesos. Did they, <laughs> did they disclose what it, what the, what she bought it for? What her, she built it for 300, 300,000. She sold it for over a million. See, that's that's a huge. I mean, she, she sold it for three times what she built it for. Yeah, years is that, ago. Is that normal? I mean, no, that, that's abnormal. That's 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 abnormal. Location, location, location. I, I do. I mean, it was a. It's not even a house. It's a lake cabin. It's somewhere yeah. you go on the weekend just to get away. Yeah. You know, think about what a what a million would buy around here. We talked about it. There's one house here in town. They just he said it just they just dropped it, but it was listed for over a million, and that's a. Gigantic house. Yeah, it was like one point two when they when they listed it. I'm pretty sure it was just over one point two, and now it's dropped to nine hundred some and some change. Is there anybody that's going to buy that around here? Is that the one that's down there on the corner? No, it's it's down in this down on past the golf course. Country Francis Country Club. Oh, the one there on the corner, up on top of the hill, on the left, on the hill. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. It was listed at one point two and some change at one point. Where are they going? Huh. (laughs) <laughs> not here apparently i don't know it may just be like a frothy market you know like i, I told told them i said no, me and me and tink bought our house for like right at forty thousand dollars that during it was on it was in foreclosure that during the the 2008 collapse we snatched it up for, we probably sell that thing now for 
sixty, eighty thousand dollars. Oh, yeah. And it's nothing fancy. It's a two bedroom, two bath house. You know, half acre of land. But we're in a our neighborhood there is we're the we're the youngest people in our neighborhood. <laughs> you know, it's old folks, old folks, old folks, old old folks. You know, our neighbors are in their sixties. Uh, Miss Nellie's in her eighties. Right. You know, everybody, and it's a quiet. The church is across the street. Yeah, it's yeah. a quiet neighborhood. You know, I mean, it's <laughs> a decent school district. Yeah. <clears throat> what does the rent go for? In like an apartment? Do you guys have a like apartment complexes in this area? Oh yeah. Um, what does rent go for? On five hundred a month, maybe. Depends. I mean, uh, there's some. There's some. There's like some, if you're close to the college. Yeah, it's you're looking be at closer to eight hundred. Yeah. You know, at and so, least. I mean, that's definitely more than your mortgage, right? Oh, my mortgage is like a little over four hundred dollars a month. So I mean, that's that's another reason, right? I yeah. mean, you're throwing your money away if you're renting. I mean, if you're not ready to settle, you right. know what I mean. <laughs> but I mean, why? In my thought, I mean, if I even if I wasn't ready to settle, even if I was a college student, I'd be buying the house that's forty thousand yeah. instead of paying someone four hundred bucks a month for rent, for sure. or, you know, or eight hundred dollars a month, a month, whatever. Yeah, it is. whatever yeah. it is. And anyway, we're not far from the college. No, you see, you don't know where we live, but you know where the college is at. Yeah, we're right on top of the hill past the college. You know, nowhere here in town is far from the college. <laughs> well, you yeah. throw a rock from right. anywhere. <laughs> Walmart's close to the college. Yeah. I told my kid, she just turned 15. I said, hey, we need to start thinking about a plan for, you know, are you going to go to school? What are you going to do? Because she, you know, she has this pie in the sky idea that she's going to move in with her, with her friend and be roommates. I said, well, why don't you do that? But let's buy you a condo. Mm. Let's do something because whatever we're going to put in rent. We can, we can own that. And she's like, well, what if I get married? And I don't live here anymore. I said, I don't care. We'll, we'll keep it and we'll rent it out. You still own something. We'll own something. Yeah. And then this will set you up. Right. Instead of just throwing the money. I wish someone would have told me that. At, oh, for sure. At 18. Yeah. You know, I was, I was throwing tons of money away. Yeah. But in our brains, the young brain is always, I'm only going to be here for four years. Why do I need to buy anything? Or I'm only going to be here for 10 years. Why do I have to buy anything? Or I don't know if I'm going to I don't know if I want to be here. Why would I buy anything? Start accumulating something. Start getting some land. Exactly. They're not making any more of it. Exactly. You know? uh, a guy bought a little over 200 acres down here the other day. Or not the other day. Back last fall. $300,000. That's not bad. And it's timber land. He cuts that, cuts that timber and replants it. He's just got a con- every. 10 years, he's got a constant income stream without building or forming anything on that land, just from timber alone. Is that regulated at all? Can he, can he uh, contract that out for a timber company to come clear it? Or oh, sure, yeah. It's is his this, land. I mean, he's going to pay county land taxes on it. Has he got a road going into it? Mm-hmm. There's Maybe, no reason not to buy it. But around here, even if you don't have a road, these logging companies build, build a log road. It's just a dirt road Slag. with yeah, some yeah, riprap yeah. or whatever on it. And they'll go in and out of there, you know. And most most of the timber companies now, once they clear cut, they come back in and, and replant behind it. Is it all pine or what is it? It's hardwood. It's pine. It's just depending. You're just replant pine though. Yeah, it's, it's what a lot of it is. I'll take you to Mars and show you some of the replanting they did maybe six years ago, and the trees are already up big. They're getting ready to cut again. Wow. Um, we have a, we have some pine cut around here. Like the truck we saw today was loaded with pine. Right. But in that area, we were in that that swamp area we were driving across. That lower that low area there, that's all hardwood. That's white oak, red oak, poplar, and that's what a lot of poplar the poplar is great. Yeah, super light. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, 
I'm, I'm really worried that people are jumping in to the housing thing way too quick right now. It's like a feeding a feeding frenzy. Well, everyone really had more cash than they were used to because they were getting all the all the uh, stipend stuff. Stipend, you know, you get you get a cash flow greater than your month. You know, I would say at least one times greater than your monthly income. You feel you feel wealthy, right? And so, a lot of people were stocking that back and then using it for a down payment. You know, some people were just spending it all. Um, but when you have that cash flow, and you don't feel the pinch of paycheck to paycheck. You think you're invincible. And so you think, oh, I can do this. But what they don't realize is that's not going to be forever. And they got qualified based on whatever, you know, they had. They were making at that time. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they made a lot of money and now the job's gone or they don't have the job anymore or they were now they're, you know, whatever it is. And uh, you always got to look ahead of of time and say, okay, in 15, 20, 30 years, what is my income going to be versus what this, you know, am I going to be able to, like you said, you, you knew somebody that would rather, sell their house, then, uh, you know, have an issue. Right. So uh, I, I would prefer not to have that problem to begin with. And these guys that are getting heavily, heavily uh, underwater, they don't have a choice. Well, they're buying under. It's not even that they're getting underwater. They're jumping in way underwater. They're buying houses that are so far above what they appraise for. I mean, some of those, some of those art, the article I read about the woman in Canada some of these people were were all putting offers on the house, sight unseen, no inspection, no nothing, just throwing money at the problem. One woman in her offer contract promised to name her firstborn son after the house owner <laughs> to try to buy. I, I can't. People are wow. people are losing their damn. Come minds. here, honey bun cabin. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like in, I was telling him in Austin, Texas. It's such a feeding frenzy for real estate right now. They have made these, some of these mortgage companies, some of these companies have made, or some of the realtor companies have made algorithms to track where the buying is going on in the city and are, are emailing offers to the homeowners there who don't even have it, who don't even have their house up for sale. Yeah. I've got a friend in Dallas, man, who's been, who's been contacted oh. several times. Well, like you, that, just random call. They're like, well, hey, would you like to sell There's your cold house? calling people trying cold to sell call. their house. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Well, what's happening, man, is you're you're creating uh they're creating a an issue where you have to create more inventory, lay down more concrete, right? And so now, just think of Houston a few years ago when they had the hurricane. Right. There was so much concrete, there's nowhere for that water to go, and that that's born out of no inventory. It went up. Yeah. It rose really quick. And so, I mean, the more that we continue to build as a society, and and compact stuff in, the more we're going to suffer the consequence of having to pay out to restore stuff in this concrete jungle. So, I mean, we're, we're really killing ourselves over and over and over again. Yeah. So, I, don't, I don't know what, to, to, what the answer is, but... Um, Move out of the city. That's what, I've, that's what I've been telling Addison. Get out of the jungle. Man, come somewhere, come to the country. Yeah. You know, you, you see how much land we have here. Just got to get rid of that kudzu, man. <laughs> hey, I introduced him to kudzu today. He's like, what in the devil is that? I'm like, that's kudzu, buddy. It don't ever die. It's you just have to forever. find one of the three richest men in the town to buy the fucking land. <laughs> <laughs> and then napalm it. Just, yeah. clear, just clear it out. Yeah, man, kudzu, it's, that stuff, oh, dude, that's like ivy on steroids. It, it just grows so quick. Yeah. And there's no stopping it. No. Try to get the roots, maybe, if you can find them. Good luck. I've got a cousin of mine who used to do... Uh, 
not landscaping. What am I trying? Uh, the where they put the things up and they're um, shooting down for roads and things. Oh, surveying. Surveying. Yeah. There yeah. you go. I got you. So he was the one. Here's you right here. Here's <clears throat> me. I got you right here, baby. Keep <laughs> <laughs> rocking, baby uh, harpoon. Uh, so he was the he was the go boy. He had the stick, and he would and the and the engineer whoever would say, "Okay, look, you see that hill over there? You run. You go. You go hold it until I tell you to stop. Or whatever." I did that. I did it once. Something. <laughs> see, thank goodness I did. I did that a lot. It was hot. Um, so, and my cousin, just like me, is freaked out over spiders. Yeah. Okay. He was telling me, he's like, man, it's hot summer day, man. I've been sweating all afternoon. It's, it's, it's about time to get off of work, you know, but I've got to go hold this stick over, over here, man, this far close to the edge of this ditch. He goes, man, I got too close and I took a tumble. He goes, and I was just falling. And it was, it was kudzu that he just kept falling over and over and over. It was real steep. He said, man, I was, I just kept tumbling all the way down. He said, the whole way down, I wasn't worried about anything other than some big ass spider hanging out up underneath this kudzu. <laughs> he goes, as soon as I hit the ground, it didn't matter if I had cuts or scrapes or broke bones. He goes, I started stripping off clothes. All I could think of was there's got to be something, man, that's hung up on me, man. Isn't that damn kudzu? Okay, in the news this week, do you know who little Uzi Vert is? Yeah, he looked at me that way. He's a rapper. Okay. Okay. Little Uzi Vert. Little Uzi, not the gun. Uh-huh. Vert, V-E-R-T. Got it. Little Uzi Vert says fans ripped out a $24 million diamond out of his forehead. This story might... Congrats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fair, fair play. <laughs> this story might make you wince for several reasons. Little Uzi Vert said he was doing some crowd surfing at a recent music festival when someone yanked out the jewel embedded into his forehead. That's what it looks like. $24 million. Diamond. He had it implanted in his forehead. First of all, why? Because he's little Uzi Vert. That's just, that's like your big toe size. Yeah, I mean, it's a big a- diamond. <laughs> I had a show at Rolling Loud Festival, and I jumped into the crowd, and they kind of ripped it out. He told TMZ about his performance in July in Miami. Not to worry, though, as the recording artist says, he's feeling good and still has the diamond. The pink diamond is reportedly worth $24 million and was surgically implanted in the rapper's face earlier this year. In January, he tweeted about buying a pink diamond. I've been paying for a natural pink diamond from Elliot for years now, he tweeted. This one stone costs so much I've been paying for it since 2017. That was the first time I saw a real natural pink diamond. A lot of M's on my face. The barbell piercing is now where the diamond. (laughs) (laughs) A barbell piercing is now where the diamond had been. Was it insured? That's what I want to know. Uh, I don't. I would hope. Does he still owe on it? Now he's underwater. His, <laughs> he's underwater on his, his face diamond. Yeah, his neck is really underwater. So <laughs> one of your fourteen houses, little Uzi. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So yeah, little Uzi Vert had his diamond ripped out of his face, but he still got it though. He's got it. This is not on his head. Oh, he he has it. I missed that part. Yeah, he said he got it back. Yeah, I thought I thought I don't know if you'd heard about little Uzi Vert's diamond face. No, man, I hadn't. I had never heard any, any, anything like that. What's some of the most ridiculous stuff you've seen people spend money on? Besides this podcast and setup, I've got some of the most ridiculous stuff. I mean, you, you see people. I mean, not even celebrities. People you know 
who've bought shit that they've got no reason. Remember when we worked at Bass Pro Shops, the big mouth Billy Bass came out? Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> For three months, 80% of my calls every night. You got the big mouth Billy Bass yet? I'm like, For what? The singing bash. Oh, yeah. 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 It, we had like 20,000 of them backordered at one point. We do have chartreuse worms, though. <laughs> <laughs> Got to push those for sure, <laughs> dude. It, it was. I was like, "Why are y'all spending seventy dollars on a bass that sings? You hang on your wall." Yeah, and after twenty minutes of it, you're ready to throw it so much out. Take the, the batteries door. out. Golly, is there anybody that you know who's spent just ridiculous money on something, and you're like, "Why?" I'm sure. I mean, I. Um, you think of anybody right I, I was on a boat this this holiday weekend, man. That was over two hundred thousand dollars. I was just, and it, it, of course, I don't know anything about boats. Nothing. I like to be on them. That's what I know about boats. Um, <laughs> and and so you hope they stay afloat. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so it was the holiday. It was a, a friend of mine that had invited me to to go boating with them on Monday. They had him and a bunch of their friends had been out all weekend, holiday weekend, uh, and was moving from um, one of the big lakes to another big lake because the the one big lake had a, the one they'd been there Thursday, Friday, Saturday on just had so much other traffic. They were thinking maybe if we go Monday over this other one, there won't be as much traffic and whatever. So when I got out there, um, I meet him. I'm helping him take the tarp off of it and stuff, and he's telling me a little bit about the boat. It's the new 22 model or 21 model, whatever the newest one. Is it like a pontoon style boat? No, this is a like a ski boat type, but it's got $200,000 surfboard. Oh, it's type. got the wakeboard rail on it and stuff. Oh, yeah. It's got like the big the big bar and the speaker system and all this stuff. And um, it's it's like a... <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like 25 or 28 feet or whatever. I mean, it's like huge. It's, it's enormous. So as as he's giving me all this info and all this stuff on this on this boat, I was just like, man. So what does something like this retail for? He goes about two hundred fifteen thousand. <laughs> he goes, but that's sell it to you for one hundred seventy five. And I'm like, what a deal! What? I said, I'm not shopping or nothing, man. But I'm just that, that's well, really you know this guy apparently. You think he paid cash for it? No, 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 no. So here's the deal with with him having the boat. He works for a guy who builds these boats. Special order. Oh, okay. got you. And and as the guy he's working for is the guys down here. Uh-uh. Okay, it's, it's a different set. Gotcha. They, um, the guy who owns the company, tell this. The guy, my friend, is the mechanic. Okay, he's he's doing a lot of the engine work and stuff like that. Um, and he tells him, hey, from time to time, I want you to take out one of these boats. Just for advertising, just get out, make sure it's running, <laughs> and and go and and when you see you know some people stop and just say hey, let them look at the boat, you know stuff like that, so people will see it. It's not a bad you know, deal, dude. It's the, and 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 the guy goes here. You can just take my truck too. Take my truck, <laughs> hook up a boat, go have fun on the weekend. I'm going to take one and I'm going another way. And I thought to myself, of course, like I said, I don't know anything about boats, nothing, zero. But I was thinking it's new and it's it's really. I mean, it's nice. So, I mean, I'm thinking like sixty or eighty thousand dollars. You know, of course, I, I don't know. I mean, that, you, you may. I don't know what sixty or eighty thousand dollars worth of boat looks like. But that's just the number that popped at into Walmart. my head. Yep. Yeah. Right. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> obviously. You can, you can those, those, those flat bottom, those flat bottom aluminums. Yes. 
you know, $10,000. <laughs> yeah, see, I had no idea. So when he cranked out two fifteen, I was like, what? That's a hell of a house around here. Yeah. Thousand dollars a foot. Oh my goodness, man! So I would think you have a question. Your question saying, you know, if I know of anybody man, who spent some ridiculous amount, of he money really did spend that money though. But still, no. But if you had that, those I mean, people are a, out there. There's a hell of a. I mean, and I so I asked the guys like, what? So is this a very popular? I mean, do, do you sell a lot of them? He goes, well, this isn't the most popular uh, selling. It this this. The step down from this is the most popular. I thought you were going to say, this is the base model. We sell ones bigger than this. Well, I'm sure they would. <laughs> sure. I'm sure. It's still 150 grand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Easy. So like the most popular one yeah. is like, like 150. Jay, t- tell them your idea about boats. How, how great of an investment is a boat? Oh, man. Boats are awful. <laughs> they're uh, toys. They're toys. Yeah. They're depreciating, man. And we talked about it when I had you on the first time about exactly. finances and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, what about motorcycles? And you're like, what about them? <laughs> they're toys. Are you going to spend money on them? <laughs> I mean, the people come in a lot of times for loans on boats, and how hard do you laugh at them when they ask for it? Well, I'll tell you, we had this experience just probably about a month ago or so. This guy bought a boat, similar price. I don't remember exactly. It wasn't that high, but it was pretty close. It was close. And uh, I had never, I've been in, in the banking industry for almost 18 years, and I've never heard of this before. Uh, but apparently, when you get a boat over a certain, uh, I think it's over a certain length. It becomes a ship. Oh okay. And so it, you have to have a ship's mortgage. It's not just buying a boat. And so when you have a ship's mortgage, you have to you have to go through the Coast Guard. And you have to get some kind of paperwork and if you don't get the paper paperwork, you know, in order, you don't the sale doesn't go through. So this particular person was buying it from somebody else. And they were getting a little bit irritated because they couldn't get the deal done because the Coast Guard wasn't. Oh, getting... he wanted his toy right then. Exactly. Yeah. And, and we couldn't finish the deal until we had all of it in order because then you don't have a lien secured correctly. I'd never heard in my life of a ship's mortgage. I hadn't either. I'd never, I've never done a ship's mortgage. I've never done it. I didn't even know what the heck it was. I mean, thank God my banker was doing it and it wasn't me, but, <laughs> but we learned, we learned a lot. Well, I just knew, I mean, you're so close. To the the Missouri, the Missouri, the Mississippi River, and then you have like Table Rock Lake and like the Ozarks. All that stuff's up in your area. So I didn't know if you. I figured you probably handle a lot of boats. I would say and Lake watercraft. Of, probably Lake of the Ozark or, or uh, the Branson area probably does a lot of boats. Um, but people buy them here, you know where you know where I'm at, and then uh, we'll take them down to the lake. Or either they either have a lake house where they can leave it in a slip, or they uh, they haul it back and forth. You know. Yeah. I'll leave it in dry dock or whatever you want to call that storage, but um, I mean the apparently during the summertime you got big cigarette type boats out there, just big ones, just all over the Hauling lake. Ass. You know, and I wouldn't want to be on a lake where you got a million people boating. I mean, it's so congested; it's not you know. If I had like a cigarette style boat like yourself, I don't want to be on the ocean. Ocean, yeah. Where I can. If I'm gonna, if I want to go fast, I got plenty of room. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I would want to. I mean, I know Lake of the Ozarks is huge. It is. It's a big lake. But for a cigarette boat, well, it, there's it, tons I mean, of them. And over then you're there. dealing with pontoons wow. and wave runners, jet yeah. skis, yeah. and people in the water skiing, and the, yeah. tubing, sure. yeah. and, swimming. You know, and think about man, how fast! Like when you're on when you're on a boat and you're skimming across top of the water and you're not going very fast, like thirty or forty miles an hour. Yeah, forty miles of, an hour, you feel like you're flying. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, you know, it, it's hard to 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 do something in it very quickly. You come up on somebody who's fallen off of a ski.
jetski or something, you know, and they're just waiting for the boat to turn around. And you don't even, you see the boat over here thinking, Hey, I've got it made, but you know, you got to start watching for heads and, and everything else. I mean, especially on a bigger boat, yeah, you'll just mow somebody down quick. Fish bait. Yeah. Well, the thing that I learned is what they, what they do is they all gather up. So you'll, you'll have like a bar that's on land, right? but the bar is catering to the, to the people that are tied up right there. And so they'll all tie up. All these big boats are just tied up. Everyone's partying on a on like a like a water lily pad or whatever. But I mean, if I'm going to have a boat that costs me a couple hundred grand, I'm not tying it up to drink. I'm going to go somewhere. We're going to drink on the run. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? That's the most asinine thing I've ever heard of in my life. But it's like you know when you talk about it, you're like you know that's such a bad investment because that stuff is depreciating by the minute. Yep. You know you know you think cars depreciate fast, a boat. It's pretty much worthless once you, if you buy it brand new, you ain't getting shit for it. No, you know, um, and like you said, there's so many more. Exp- break out another thousand. Exactly, that's what boat stands for. I would think that you know, like how the housing market right now is just blowing up because everybody's got extra cash. I would figure that boats would be a big seller and motorcycles. I figure like all the big toys would be four wheelers. You know what's exploded is the side by sides and the yeah. It's been like that here for a while. Exploded. Yeah. Twenty yeah. grand for a side by side. Yeah, a guy I worked with at, at the, the big retailer I worked for, he's one of the like the manager over like the the meat department. He came back there. You know, our AP office was kind of away from everybody else. We had the camera set up and everything. He comes, I want to use your phone for a minute. That's how you talked. You know, so he comes in there. He's like, <laughs> you need to get. I need to get Dingo to do his impression of him because he sounds just like him. I mean, first time he did it, I lost my shit. He sounded so much like like the guy. So, any, you, you, Dingo, when you hear this, you know who I'm talking about. So, anyway, he comes back there and starts calling, like, all the motorsports uh, dealerships around here, like, like the three or four we have over here in the city next to us, then ones, like, up north of us, guys down south of us, guys to the, you know, everywhere. And he's right now, he's processing, I'm like, oh, there's a certain model he wanted. Got deer hunting coming up, you know, need a side-by-side. And he went to write, give him, him the model number or whatever. And he was writing 10, 10 998, uh, 11279. You know, he was writing down all the price. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Oh, this is a little one. I'm like, well, I don't know how much a big one is. You know, if, if, I, sp- if I spent 10 grand on a motorcycle, it's going to be an older touring model, like a super, super, not, I mean, probably 10 years old to have all the, all the 10 year old bells and whistles on it. Like a really, really nice one. I couldn't imagine spending that on something I'm all covering mud and deer blood. You know what I'm saying? That's all it's going to be. Well, you see, like we've got this local mud bogger place. Yeah. And on, you know, any given Saturday, Sunday you know, and Saturday having, mornings, they're, I see they're them. having a concert out there or whatever's going on. <coughs> these guys are making bank, by the way, the owners of this land. Serious money. Uh, but these guys pull in with a triple axle trailer with, with four, four of them on it. Yep. You know, I mean, it's not un, it's not unrare. It's not rare to see that these guys are coming in with three and four of these things on a trailer at a time. And, you know, granted, it might be three different people. Yeah, but the but, trailer's holding... Forty to you know, eighty thousand dollars worth of side by side. Yeah, the trailer's eighty thousand. And the tra- yeah, the, tra- the trailer alone, you know, not to mention the seventy thousand dollars worth of you know gear they've got stacked on top yeah. of it. 
And it's every week. It, it's every weekend. Yeah, take it and run it through the mud and the yeah. water and all that craziness out there. Like, yeah, I broke another axle last week. You know, man, when I was <laughs> spent like four grand trying to get that fixed. I was like, they break that easy? Mm. Yeah. Seems yeah, bad. Was, Seems bad. We used to see them come by the house all the time, you know, when I was living oh, right yeah. there on the river. Because they just come, they would come out of there and. Come back the back way, you know, try to stay off that main highway they, out there. They tied a few yeah. on already. Oh, yeah. yeah. And we'd see them all, all hours. Yeah, when I come up from work during the summer, or, or even, you know, from spring to fall, I come up from work on, on Saturday morning when I'm heading home from work. Yeah. They're passing me on the interstate yep. trying to get that. I was going to come home at 730, you know, and they're all just, I get, I get here to town and get off the interstate. The exit is just lined up with them. Yeah. And then Sunday morning when I come home from work, they're all lined up at Hardy's trying to get a biscuit before you hit the, hit the road. You know what I mean? Or Sprint Mart. Or Sprint Mart. Yeah. <clears throat> gassing up before they go home. It's just, it's, think about all that money down there just to run through the mud. Yeah. Harpo, do they tell you how much fuel that boat holds or how much it costs for them to run that yeah, boat I for the day? Him, I, I did ask him. Um, let me think. It was, um, hang on. I want to say it cost around six hundred dollars to fill it up. Wow, man! That's what he told me. And how long would that last you? Well, I, I asked a similar question too. He said, "How many nautical miles per gallon are we getting here?" Now the boat, <laughs> the boat only had six hours on it. Um, and he he said that he had put four hundred dollars worth of gas in it. Wow, and it was still uh, about a half a tank. So about I was 12 hours per, per full tank. I guess, man. Depends, probably depends on how hard you're running. Oh, yeah. But a, I, would, I would think, you know, that's that's 12 hours of getting it. Yeah. yeah. You know, whatever, which would be, I mean, they had been out there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you know, and I was catching up with them on Sunday and still had still had plenty. Because uh, we, I mean, we, we stayed out there all day, you know, and... um but yeah, it was. I was asking the same thing. I was like, "Oh my gosh, man! To have a toy like this, it's got to be pretty expensive." But um, well, it's, what we talked about. You know, I mean, yeah, you're buying the boat, but you're also going to have to winterize it every winter, store yeah, it somewhere, yeah, store it. Got to buy a slip or have a spot for a trailer. And if you live in an HOA, they're not going to want you want you to park it in the neighborhood. Nope. Um, it's like a money pit. I mean, at least with my motorcycles. I buy them and I stick them in the garage. <laughs> I'm not having to. I'm not having to rent a place to store for my motorcycles. They're they're part of my land. They're right here in, in the shop. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, motorcycles are a toy. I mean, for somebody who doesn't ride year round as my common way of transportation, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just it's a it's a luxury to have them, you know. But some I mean, some guys in the city they live on a bike, you know, and some of them some of those bikes now, especially like the electric bikes they have. There's like the, the Harley Davidson Livewire. It's built for in-city commuting. You know, it gets, I think it gets around uh, 150 miles on one charge, and it's so small and slim, they're able to go in and out of traffic with it, and they can actually pull it into like it'll fit in an elevator. Wow! And they can take it right up to their apartment if they want to. Really? Yep. I never heard of they're, that. They're oh. super slender. Wow! Like an average elevator, you can park it. You can pull it in there, kind of catty cornered, like. Horizontal, it'll fit. It'll fit in the in the elevator. I was talking to this lady that um, 
she owns a, an RV repair business. And she told me that uh, she's going to get in. She's, they're going to get into the uh, storage business because during the pandemic, storage was huge and they missed out on the opportunity to make money. And that's everyone was storing their stuff. No one was going anywhere. And uh, just to store something like that, you know, that size, you got to have space, you know. So, talking about storing the whole RV. Storing the whole Damn. RV. Because people, because like you said, in neighborhoods, you can't keep your RV out there. And a lot of these neighborhoods are now coded for, you know, covenants and restrictions. And so, got to have a place. And she's like, I'm already repairing them. Why don't I just store, store them, them here, too. too? Yeah. What do you think about HOAs? We, we have never talked about that before. I I live in an unincorporated area on purpose. I <laughs> I don't want anybody to tell me. When I when I got there, I said, "This is what I asked the the person selling me the house." I said, "Can I shoot anything in my backyard that I want to? You know, rabbits, squirrels, birds, whatever it is. Can I build a fire without asking a question? And can I do whatever I want? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, I'll stay here. Yeah, because I don't want to. I don't want to have to paint my house a certain color. I don't want to have to mow my grass a certain length. You know, I don't want to have to store something a certain way. I just don't want to do it. Now, with that comes the risk that you're going to have some." Buddy that like I have in my neighborhood who who built a, which I think is cool, but some people might not like it. They built a ra- dirt racetrack for their kids, <laughs> like in their backyard around their house. <laughs> wow! So, they, I mean, they have ramps over the driveway for them to jump. It, it is so crazy. I mean, this guy, this guy is he's everything he does is something he creates. It, it is pretty cool for, for a dad to do that for his kids. But yeah. so now they've got little, like a Honda 50 and like, a, like a few, uh, go karts and things like that with no governor. I mean, they're running these suckers. <laughs> wow. But these, Doing 70 through the cul-de-sac. But the guy made, I mean, he put the flags up, you know, the flag line, <laughs> he, he built the dirt track. I'm like, okay, you're not going to resell your house now, but it's pretty dang cool for your kids. So, you're going to get a flavor like that versus cookie cutter. You know, you're not going to get everybody could be worse. You could be living next to Jeff with his mini ramps in the driveway <laughs> doing but, uh, skateboard tricks. Well, you know yeah. what I mean? So you're, it's a trade off. You know what I mean? Or yeah. the neighbors parking in the yard. Oh, your neighbors. We've never talked about your neighbors. Jet lives on a dead end street and it's story. Of my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's, is that older couple still there? I think the guy was in bad health at one time. The ones across the street? Uh, the ones before you get to your house on the left. The first uh, house on, on that on that street. The uh the first house on our street, uh the he's 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 passed. I, I had him he uh, in bad health at one time. His wife is in I think hospice now. Yeah. She's not doing well. But it, yeah, that uh that house and the one next to it on our street. Uh the next one to the left. Um as she's been in bad health for a while. Yeah. She's she's super super old. They um, that, that that couple they own both the houses. No, no the, different people. The the one at the end of the street's a rental house, right? The curse. <laughs> the cursed house. <laughs> Man, these are right across the street from you. These motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> the screwball hitting pretty hard. No, just the thought of my neighbors <laughs> is punching me in the gut. Well, what's um, worse? Is it the parking in in the street or is it the pack of rabid dogs? Well, the the dogs are our thing. <laughs> How um, many dogs they got? A pack. I don't know. Five, six, 18. seven. They breed, you know, so there's always they, adding more. One died. Uh, the only one that didn't really screw with anything 
the others are some kind of hairless piece of shit. Uh, but they, I mean, if they're out and I go to the mailbox, they're on my ankles. It's constant chaos. And if I can get close enough, not saying I'd kill it, but it wouldn't be happy. <laughs> you know those, you know those mosquito uh, repellers that look like a little uh, tennis racket. Yeah, you need one of those. Get one of those, yeah. man. Electrified. Yeah. I've thought, I've thought seriously about a cattle prod. <laughs> you should. It's called self protection, man. Yeah, but uh, I don't want to. And we love, animals. we love animals. We love we animals, do. absolutely. But those but, control your animal, though. Don't let it know, bite me. There's an ordinance uh, for in our town. Yep. And it's you know <laughs> if your dogs are out, they are supposed to be on leashes. Oh, yeah. Or in a concealed area. Yeah. And that's been an ordinance for a while. You know, that's why I have a $3,000 wood fence around my backyard. And you're a responsible dog owner. You, yeah. got, you got some big And pups. if we're walking dogs, you know, which we do, they're on a leash. Yeah. You know, because I know if mine get loose, somebody's shooting them. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Because um, they're, they're not, you know... Small dogs. Yeah, so, do you still have the same neighbors there, or is it a, is it a revolving door of neighbors and the dogs just? It's stay? been a revolving door. These neighbors have been there probably longer than anybody in the last three years. Um, but hmm. God, just a blatant disregard for personal property, or just disrespect, absolutely disrespect. Guys. And no it's, animals were harmed in the in this discussion. <laughs> no, not no, 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 not at all. <laughs> uh, I would have a hard time actually doing that. I know. Um, not saying it's not possible. I'd have a hard time with it. Well, does the pack of dogs come with a rental? Maybe. Or, or Maybe. <laughs> added uh, benefit or something. I don't know. Uh, but, I mean, the big old capital A in the front yard helps, too. <laughs> Roll Tide! Roll Tide. Wow. But, uh, anyway. Yeah. The, oh, God. It's just been a nightmare. The whole time. 13 years. Uh, They've been renting for 13 years? No, we've lived there for 13 years. It's been a plethora of renters that have come through and just been absolute nightmares. Well, renters don't care normally. It's it's very hard to find a renter that does There was a couple there that that lived there for, I I would say, close to a year that were rent to own. Mm. So something went wrong. They thought they were renting to own. They were not. So they got kicked out, and then the next group moved in, and uh, it was a constant domestic violence thing every night. Uh, You know, they were out there screaming in the middle of the street. The cops got called multiple times uh, because they just wouldn't shut up about his phone calls uh, (laughs) or text messages or whatever it was. I know his his phone ended up in the woods one night. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Call them squirrels. Yeah, she was she was something else, man. Both of them were. I get they were both pieces of shit, I guess. But anyway, put a, we we dealt with that. Uh, so they moved out <laughs> after the divorce, <laughs> and uh, a new group of nomads moved in. So yeah, they they. Immediately put up an RV at mm. the end of the road. And so one guy lives in that and burns every day out in the woods beside us. Is he burning or is he cooking? He's bur- Well, <laughs> jury's out. 
Jeez, wait. Um, that mess, baby. So yeah, he's uh he's out there burning and shit every day. And uh it's an on property situation. that they don't own. Uh and I don't either. <laughs> it's completely, you know. If you're listening, Kevin. <laughs> uh go check out your property. <laughs> People are burning shit. I I thought you were sending me smoke signals this whole time. I didn't know what was going on over no, there. No, well, I might be. <laughs> Come get me out of jail. Please. <laughs> yeah, man, it's been it's been interesting uh, on that little end of the street, my dead end life. Uh, <laughs> it's been a fun one. I don't, so we don't we don't. Only problem I have with our neighbors is during the summer, and that you know when we bought that house, it was just a field next to our house, all the way to the end of the, to the end of the street, and. I had told Tink one time, I was like, God, I wish I knew who owned that land. Cause the county came and cut it when it would get, when the grass would get, when, when the, it would be like, you know, hay, you know, like the county would come out there and bush hog it. There's a big tree, like an old tree right in the middle of that lot. And the biggest black cat you've ever seen lived in that tree. It looked like a jaguar. Son of a bitch was huge. <laughs> wow. It was gigantic. It would, it would lay up in that tree. I told Tink, I said, We've never had a problem like with mice or anything, and she's like, "Well, that fucking huge cat's eating all of them, you know, because <laughs> that grass would get up two, three feet tall." Yeah, they kind of. I wish I knew who owned that land. I guess the county owns it because they're the ones bush hogging it and stuff. I would buy that lot just to keep people from moving on top of us. Two years of her living there, they start bringing in dirt. I'm like, "Oh shit, somebody's bought that," and they built that fucking house. And it, God, it took them like almost two years to build the fucking house, get it done. At one point, they were I, building for a while. They stopped working, <laughs> and I could see in, in the, I could see in there, and like everything was in there for like the floor. <laughs> so I guess they ran out of money or something because they worked in that house forever. Wow. And so they built it. Well, now this son of a bitch lives next door, which I know I have a, a crazy sleep schedule. I do. But who mows their yard at noon in August around here? Somebody looking for a heat stroke. Yeah, right. <laughs> Wouldn't you want to mow like at 630 when the sun is kind of low and not beating on top of your head? Yeah. Not this some bitch. Fire that bastard up. <laughs> Hottest part of the heat index, 112. Pff, fuck that. Yeah. You know. Crank up. He fires his damn mower up and gets it right up next to our house. Oh. <laughs> Whoa! Back and forth. I'm like, motherfucker. You need some earplugs, man. No, I need better neighbors. <laughs> I told Tank, so next year, next next year, when when it's time to start mowing, I may do it in the winter. That way he won't notice it as much. I'm going to get like five gallons of Roundup and just spray the, the entire side of their yard. <laughs> So he won't have no, make it dirt. He won't have no reason to mow over there. Spike strips. And see, here's the thing. When they built that house, they laid all this, that really nice sod out there. Like Bermuda grass. Oh, like, yeah. It's gorgeous. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Well, when it was, they were trying to get it seeded and everything, they know somebody who works for the county. And so then rather than hooking up their, their water, like their water hose to their house, they had to come up there and tap the fire hydrant and run in a hose from the fire hydrant into their yard, so they weren't paying for the water. Well, no, somebody, we somebody, huh? We, we were. were. Somebody reported it. 
all of a sudden, them water hoses wasn't across the yard anymore. They were hooked up to their house. Yeah, some people got to come up there every afternoon, tap that fire hydrant, hook it up, run it over to the yard. Wow. Motherfucker, that's like hundreds of dollars of water you're running, you know? And they leave leave sprinklers on all night long. Just going to work. Get that grass seeded. Well, I'm going to fix their problem. Oops. Sorry. (laughs) Dropped a match. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Like I said, be careful with your criminal activity. There you go. <laughs> what you got, Jay? I was just uh, taking a little break here to to check my. Uh, oh, I thought you might have another, another news article. For no, you. it's no. it's it's a bad habit, but uh, no, it's fine. I do it. No, I was just checking my fantasy football score. <laughs> <laughs> so I the. Uh, well, I do have a question about that. How, as you as a red blooded American. How can you pull for a team based in L.A. now? Well, I, I know they're your team. I know the Rams are, are your are your team. But when they move, shouldn't you move your allegiance? Well, I was a Rams fan before I lived in St. Louis. Even still. Yeah. Pick a new team. You know what? I get that a lot. <laughs> I have a, I have a, I have a Chinese friend from, of mine from high school. Why you got to be racist for? And uh, he busts my chops. I mean, he, it's his mission in life to bust my chops over this football team. So he lived, you know, he, I knew him in Alaska. He lived in. Wait, is he busting your chops or busting your chopsticks? Yeah. Chopsticks. <laughs> What's wrong, Judd? Come on. <laughs> Nothing. He's Chinese. I'm just saying. <laughs> but he's a friend. <laughs> So, his so, so, he's, so he's busting my chops all the time. So he, he was living in L.A. at the time that this whole stupid shit was going down. And he's a big Seahawks fan. And, of course, the Seahawks and the Rams are complete rivals. He lives in Seattle now. He works for an airplane uh, manufacturer. And uh, he, uh, he he was he was giving me a hard time every step of the way. I was like, no, nah, man, Cronky's going to keep the Rams in L- in uh, St. Louis as long as we can get a stadium deal done. And the NFL rules are that if you, if you have a stadium deal that they can't move, right? So, oh, he's like, you're wrong. They're they're already gone. I was like, well, you know, arguing back and forth with him. He's like, listen, I'm just going to be honest with you. He's like, there's a dirt track out here that Stan Kroenke bought and is developing. They're gone. And when you know it, man, sure as shit, sure as shit, two years, man, and they were gone. So he he saw he saw the writing on the wall going wherever he was going up and down you know the area. He start he saw them break ground. It was very quiet, very hush hush. It was a very quiet uh, initial deal, and uh, he he just knew. He said once Stan Kroenke bought the land, nothing was gonna nothing. It doesn't matter what it was. It wasn't. But you know, even in Europe, they hate Stan Kroenke. I mean, he's a local Missouri guy, which threw everybody for a loop because he's from he's named after Stan the man. Yeah, you know and. Um, and uh, anyway, so he uh, and he's wealthy. He's he married into low. I mean, he married a, a Walmart uh, person, Walter. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, he went to he went to college in I think he went to college in Mizzou or something like that. And uh, I'm pretty sure somewhere in Missouri. But he's a Missouri guy. Um, but all he cares about is money. Yeah. So he owns he owns a football a soccer team in 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 the UK. He also owns uh, a hockey team, basketball team. Uh, I mean, 
says his kids own it, but he owns it. You know, right. Because he's not allowed to have multiple professional sports leagues. Um, but uh, when the dollar signs, when he left, his his franchise, his football franchise, pretty much doubled overnight. The 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 worth. Uh, well, yeah. But now, I mean, everybody in St. Louis is is happy because he overspent on his on his stadium by, I mean, I, by billions. I think it was projected at you know a certain number of billions, and they they were past that real quick. Yeah. And it, and COVID killed them because they didn't have a season last year as far as fans. So, but they're going to have the Olympics there. They're going to have. They're going to use that stadium. Yeah, they're oh. going to have the Super Bowl there this year. Okay. So. Um, Nice. Yeah. So it's going to, I mean, they're going to have a lot of stuff there. His plan is to have all major events there. Like, I don't know what they're all called because I don't follow that crap, but like the Grammys or any type of event award like award show. Yeah. Award shows like that. And now, is that complex got like a theater inside of it also or something? It's got, it can be, it can do anything. Well, I didn't know if they had an indoor theater along with the actual open air stadium. I don't, I don't know if they do, but I know it's an entire complex. Yeah. So I know they've got, they either have or will have a complete hotel right on the grounds. And uh, they have, um, I don't know what it's called, but I think it's called an Oculus or something like that. It's there's a, it's bigger than the one in Dallas, but it's, it's uh, a ring, like a, like a TV ring right. ac- around the whole stadium. Is it open air? Or is it dome there? It's open, isn't it? It's not? open air. It's both. It's open air. It's and, got the rollback. Uh, I don't I can't remember if it's rollback or not, but you can see through. Like there's a breeze that can come through it. It's like California style, obviously, yeah. but it's it's covered too at the yeah. same time. So, but I don't know if it's a rollback system or if it's just some kind of hybrid of some hybrid, sort. Yeah. yeah. Now I listen to a podcast. Is one I listen to all the time. It's called Business Wars, and they just finished a uh, a series about the history of Las Vegas. It was crazy. Some of the stuff, you know, because it was, of course, it was set up by the mob. Yeah. It was, you know, Benny Siegel and other guys. And uh, the reason they actually got big is because it, they started getting funding from actual banks. One banker decided to start lending to the mob, and it was, it was a, a Mormon guy. And he he's like, you know, I like you guys. You know, I'll, we're going to make you legitimate. We're going to start lending you money to build with this because usually they had to go like to Hoffa to get money from like the Teamsters pension or go to guys in New York or Kansas City, you know, some kind of organized crime related to get money to build these, build these casinos. And this this Mormon banker out in Las Vegas started started writing loans to these guys, big loans. It, it was like an influx of Mormons came into the gaming so, of course, they think it's wrong to gamble, but they don't think it's wrong to assist in the gaming itself. And the mob loved it because Mormons, for the most part, are friendly people. They're honest. And, and that's what you want in, a, in the casino business. So, like, when this guy started making, making lending to the mom guys, the mom was like, you got any friends that could work in the... Oh, yeah, I got a ton of friends. So, the Mormons started coming from Utah because there's a lot of Mormons in Nevada already. Like you kidding me? I got fourteen wives. <laughs> I got kids, <laughs> and so they started. Like, all, no, none of the Mormons gambled or dealt, but a lot of the pit bosses, the security guys, the restaurant people—a lot of those people were Mormon, and 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 the mob loved it because then their employees weren't getting addicted to the gaming, and they were super courteous, and they were always on time and always came to work. 
And they never drank caffeine. And they never drank alcohol, but they didn't get into the vices. They did all the work without being involved with all the vice that was in the city. Wow. And it went into, like, talk about Steve Wynn. You know, of course, he's like, he was like, it was him and Kirk Gakorian were like the, the two big, Kirk Gakorian's the guy who owned um, um, MGM. He yeah, owned okay. the studios. He built the MGM Grand at Vegas. You know, love that place. And it was it was him, Steve Wynn, and, and Kirk Akorian were like the the kings of non organized crime in, in Las Vegas. You know, and the the big thing for Steve Wynn was um, his dad took him to the casino when he was little. His dad's like, "We're gonna go in here. We're gonna clean the house out." Who's the house, Dad? That's that's the casino. You know. He stood next to his dad at the craps table and watched his dad lose everything in a night. Really? And they spent the night in their car. And Steve Wynn's like, man, I want to be those guys. Yeah. And that's what got him started. His first big investment there was he bought the land that Caesars was going to build a parking lot on. And he bought it from underneath them for a million dollars or 500,000. I think it was 500,000. Then a year later, he sold it, sold the land to Caesars for two million, and that's how he got started. That's how he got staked. And he has he has the win out there, and he, he has the Bellagio, Bellagio, the win, all all these big ones. You know, of course, like three corporations now own ninety percent of the casinos in Vegas. It's went from being so organ, such an organized crime thing to now being a, it's, it's all corporate stuff. What Caesars owns. Caesar's Palace, Harris, Rio, all these other ones, you know, uh, Steve, because back in like the eighties and nineties, they were trying to make Las Vegas like Disney world, you know, and Steve Windley hit that too. When he, he opened uh treasure Island, it was a place for the kids to come and be a pirate, you know, and, and see the pirate show. And for mom to sit by the pool and, and drink her margaritas and stuff. And since dad's there already, let's do a little gambling, you know. But they were stuff for all the kids to do. And he that that whole theme thing from Treasure Island, Circus Circus, Excalibur, all these in Paris, New York, New York, all these big theme casinos were a huge thing in the eighties, into the nineties. Then two thousand and seven hit when the bottom fell out and went nobody going to Vegas no more. No, and I was at Circus Circus in oh nine. What I, went, it like? I, I, went, I was there in 2010. <laughs> I went. I went for a fight. I went for a big UFC fight. Right. And uh, circus, circus. I, I I don't want to exaggerate, but I want to say it was like 18 bucks a night. <laughs> wow. Damn. And we just rode, We just got on the seven and rode it right on down to MGM to watch the fight. Damn. We got there in 2010 because we went. Um, we had vacation planned for October, and like. Grandpa passed away two days before we left. We we barely, I mean, it, it, at least I was able to go on a little vacation after that big thing happened. You know, I think we, we, we buried him on the 13th and then we left for vacation on the 15th. And uh, we, our room was comped because we, we, we gamble with Caesars nearby so much. Mm-hmm. We got a baller ass room. I think we had to pay. We got we had, the room we had was comp, which was already nice, and we got there like if you want to upgrade this to a suite, it's a hundred bucks a night extra. <laughs> we had a pool I could have swam laps in, 
I'm sorry, a bathtub. We could have slammed laps through. It was gigantic. <laughs> wow. It was a huge tub. <laughs> so, and uh, so yeah, man, I, I found the sports book. We got there on a Monday. Monday night football was going on. Let's put a little money on that, you know. Tank was hanging from every slot machine that was in, in the building. <laughs> um, but if you say a Caesars, you really don't have to go anywhere else. I mean, Caesars, there's a mall underneath the casino that with, with every kind of luxury store or knickknack store or restaurant. I mean, there's a cheesecake factory underneath the building, you know. But, yeah, we hung out there. Um, had a, a room, you pull the blinds back, you see the freeway. And Tink would lay there every night with the blinds pulled and just lay there and stare at She's like, it's so pretty out there with all the lights. I'm like, I know, babe, I know. She's like, I can just look at that all night long. And one day she's like, let's go out and walk the strip. Let's, let's go for it, you know. Well, I'm dodging like short Mexican guys trying to hand me porno cards. Yes. You know? <laughs> Good God. And they're all over the street, too. Oh, yeah. People grabbing this little now. And then... Yeah, people dress up as characters. Almost punched Jack Sparrow. Because he almost fucked up. He was fucking with some Japanese tourists. And I was the next one coming by. He started to mess with me. And I gave him a look. He's like, hey. He was a little, threw his hands up. I'm like, hey. Well, we you dude kind of looked like Godzilla walking. <laughs> <laughs> but even Tink, I will burn you down, boy. Get back. Even Tink, like, smiled at me when he was like, ooh. He did the whole Jack Sparrow thing with his hands. I'm like, yeah, you better keep walking, buddy. You might have spent I'm going to tell you about the Asians, too. It's another story. What happened in Vegas. So we walked, like, tried to walk in, like, stopped, like, at like, Planet Hollywood Casino. And then went into, like, uh, New York, or into Paris. You know, all that kind of stuff. Went on through there. And we were going to walk, like, from Caesars to New York, New York. You know, and in our minds, like, it ain't that far. We can see it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but also, we're used to having some hills around us. So if you can see something, it can't be that far away. The strip is flat as shit. <laughs> you can see for miles. So about two and a half miles into this, <laughs> and it's still the same size out yeah. there. Tink said, I think I'm ready to go back. You know, I'm like, yeah, she goes, my feet are kind of hurting. She's wearing flip-flops. Oh, my God. I was like, well, no wonder your feet are hurting. Were they shockless? (laughs) (laughs) No, they weren't. I started walking back to Caesars. By the time we get back there, she's full on limping. Dang. You didn't get her a cab, bro? What do you think? We're going to walk this. Come on. She's a grown woman. Yeah, Equal least, rights, man. At least put her on your shoulders. No, no, man. she's a she's gonna. You be didn't a, have her right here carrying her. <laughs> no, no, that's that's harpoon spot right here in the crook of my arm. Baby. Oh, cradle! I towed him around. Uh, anyway, we get back there and and, uh, and so she's like, I think I'm gonna get. A, uh, in Vegas, even in October, you're sweating. Nuts, oh God, yeah, you it's know, hot, man. And she's like, I'm gonna get a bath. All right, so she fills that. <laughs> Swimming pool, what we have for a tub in the bathroom. She's like, hey, come here for a minute. So I walked in and she was, look at my feet. And dude, she has like half dollar size blisters on the balls of both feet. I'm like, well, no shit. You didn't put on any socks or shoes, you know? And she's wearing like those little thin Walmart flip flops. She must have been walking barefooted out there. All that's doing is keeping the hot rocks off the bottom (laughs) of her feet, man. That's it. And so she's like, well, I need some socks. I'm like, what? Let's go buy some socks then. Get your ass out of the tub. Let's go buy some socks. So we went down to the mall underneath Caesars. 
So she's got a pair of Armani socks. <laughs> <laughs> they had With a, the flip-flops. Yeah. <laughs> they had a Nike store down there. So we were going to go to Nike. <clears throat> so we walked down to the mall underneath Caesars. She's like, some socks? I think we need to go to Cheesecake Factory. I'm like, because Cheesecake Factory was compared to, like, Subway on the Strip. It's the same price. Yeah, yeah. If you've never been to Vegas before, fast food on the Strip, you're going to be paying... Out the nose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. And Cheesecake Factory was the same price. At least we can go have a sit-down meal. You know, of course, it's not like fancy-smancy shit, but it's it's food. So we get to the Nike store. She's looking at these socks. These Nike socks had an L and R on them for left and right. I'm like, what kind of, <laughs> what kind of fuckery is this shit? A left and right sock? Really? <laughs> what? Well, they're runner socks. Those are what you would do. You play hopscotch in them. You need to know what foot your sock goes on. She's like, well, I was like, well, buy your left and right socks then. Go ahead. Make sure you got one of each. Make sure you ain't getting two L's. That hem on one side is longer for the long, the big toe. <laughs> big toe. The big toe. <laughs> big toe hem. Yep. And so we go to Cheesecake Factory to eat. We're going back to the room. And so we're walking back to go back up to the hotel. If we're getting there, this... Asian woman comes around the corner and she's got this plush, like daisy over her head, like full extended arm, you know, I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? And she's like, walking down through here with a damn flower over her head. When I get to cut the corner, it's a goddamn herd of 50 Asian people coming at me and they've all got cameras out snapping pictures. It's like the most stereotypical Asian tourist thing you could think of. Well, I'm standing there, all six foot whatever of me, you know, six foot three, a little five foot Asians come milling around me. And I'm like, what the fuck is, you know, I look like I was in a, like in a wave of Asians, you know, and Tink is sitting there just rolling laughing. She goes, you look like fucking Godzilla standing there with all these Asians around your, around your waist. But they just like split around me. Like, you know, Come on, cousin. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, American Bigfoot. <laughs> oh, so I kind of should have got like yeah. patted him on the head. Yeah, and went just, by. exactly what you said. <laughs> oh, you're so cute. <laughs> Take you home with me. Wait, Nancy was born in Japan. Yeah, in Okinawa. She looks like it. And yeah, right. I said it before uh, here. You, you can blindfold her with dental floss. She got some slanty eyes. Yeah, she said uh, they used to go out after after her birth. And uh, people would come by and rub her head because she had red hair. Yeah. She was born in Japan and considered it good luck. So they'd come by and they'd be like, hey, can I rub your head? Yeah. <laughs> and he'd be like, fuck off. That's <laughs> my kid. Get your star's but, hands yeah. off my kid. It's so funny. But yeah, that's. They must uh, have rubbed it all out of her. I guess so. <laughs> Man, she ended up with me. So <laughs> that is pretty bad luck right there. You know, speaking of Asians. The Asian invasion. Have you been like to the local casinos here recently? No, I haven't, dude. I know you have. The what? Like the casinos here we have locally. Mm-hmm. The insides. You know, when I, when I first started started gambling, I was gambling at the Horseshoe because mm-hmm. Horseshoe was for gamblers. The billboards, no gaming here for gamblers. Oh, best shit. best poker room. It was the best poker for the, for the longest. When I first started gambling, the Binion still owned it. Jack Binion would still show up there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
I met him a couple of times. I did too. Yeah. Super nice guy. Yeah. He's like, keep spending your money, son. Just keep, yeah. just keep putting it yeah. in. <laughs> and so when I went to play, I played at the horseshoe, grab some poker. You know, that's, that's where you went because they gave like 20 times odds. Now I think it's 100 times odds on craps tables. Really good, really good odds. And so over like the last probably five years, they've totally re all the casinos insides have totally been redone. It's all catering now to Asian tourists. You know, eight is their lucky number. Everything in there has got eight on it. The Japanese restaurant at, at the Horseshoe is lucky eighty-eight. Wow! You know it, everything. They said Vegas is the same way. They've taken everything and redone it to cater to the Asian market because they're bringing all the money into the casinos now. I think when the what was 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 the MGM Grand the one with the line in the front of it? Yeah, yeah. When they first did that, they had it made where you were walking into the mouth of a line. And something about the mouth of a lion was extremely taboo to the to the, like the Chinese market. And they spent, I forget how many millions, redesigning it so you were walking under the line instead of in into its mouth. Well. Because they knew they knew where the bread's buttered. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like all the casinos here locally have all been remodeled to cater to the Asian crowd. When you say remodeled, you mean like uh, the type of games they've got? The, the colors? I think like red's lucky color. In, in a lot of the Asian culture, so everything's been done redone in red. Instead of sevens, it's eights because that's their lucky number. They it's, they've redesigned. I know that the horseshoe especially redesigned it totally to cater to the Asian the Asian clientele. That's interesting. Well, that's, that's who's bringing the money over now. And you know, even with co- even with the with the COVID uh, backlash and stuff like that. Well, I mean, I hadn't been to the casino since COVID hit. Okay, you know. But like when we went like last, I always go during football season, in college football season. I always bet on college games. Last time we went, two years. I didn't go last year to gamble any. Year before, yeah, they had redone everything at the Horseshoe, totally remodeled it to cater to that group. Yeah, it's been a couple of years, man. Since and I, I used to be a pretty. I mean, I used to go pretty regular. Oh yeah, we all did. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I took a. I don't know. Just took some time off. Yeah, I hadn't been in a while. Anything else tonight? Fuck the FDA. <laughs> Fuck the FDA. Fuck the government in total. That's true. Bonsai. Okay, that's enough of that. Hey, I did bring by uh, uh, a date to introduce introduce the. G. Oh, oh, we, we, did. we didn't even do date yeah. talk tonight. I'm so used to being Monday night squids. So tell me about what kind of date. Is this the girl you went axe throwing with? Well, I mean, it's um, yes. <laughs> that's a short answer. Short answer. Yeah. Yes. So I guess y'all are seeing each other again at least well, once. Well, I mean. Um, <clears throat> so she she travels for work okay quite a bit and she was coming through the area and uh i was like well man stop in and we'll go you know to the mexican joint and while you're here in town just pass through we'll grab a, a taco and a beer and, and i was like hey man one of my good buddies is his, his shop's right close you know so we stopped in and and uh and said hey to to jut and um but yeah man just uh super nice man super super cool give us a report jut what she look like did she have all of her hair this time? She did. She had yeah. the green lipstick on this all time? All her hair. No green lipstick. <laughs> um, she look all right. Describe her. Um, good looking girl. No, that's a good description. Uh, yeah. Really nice. Super nice. Very personable. Of course, in sales, you have to be. Big country titties? 
I didn't see her too. Yes. <laughs> Harpoon is nodding his head. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't know about that. Um, but you know, good looking girl. It's cutie. Seemed. Uh, She's very 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 nice lady. Very pretty. I bet very, she is. Uh, she really is, man. She's real sweet. Uh, seem seem really cool. Mm-hmm. I will say that seemed very very cool. Real down to earth, real. That's really a, that's down. a really good thing. At least yeah. she's not out in the clouds somewhere. No, yeah, no. It didn't feel awkward. Yeah, you know, meeting her. Very personal like, person. Oh man. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> He's like. <laughs> yeah. uh, I listen yeah, to just, these guys. Uh, they've had a podcast for. I was talking about a uh, painkiller already. PKA podcast has been on forever, and I was listening to one of their old episodes. One of the guys on there just got married here recently, but like. Three years ago, he discovered Tinder. After his, after one of the other guys was like, "Man, you need to try Tinder. You need to try Tinder." And he's like, "I got on there." He's like, "It's like a damn shooting gallery." Because here he was, he was twenty three, right out of college, you know. And he's like, "I would use like the most obscene lines on these girls," and they write back, "LOL." I thought it was hilarious. He's like, "What the fuck is this shit?" If I would have said this to the girl in person, I'd have got slapped. Slapped. He's the only one that really rejected him was that she said she was special needs. And one of her pictures was like from the ass up, like showing off her, her butt. And he wrote back, he's like, I'm glad you work in special needs because that ass is retarded. And she blocked him. He shot his shot, though. Yeah, I, I get it. A little bit too far on that one. He tested the waters and drowned. He drowned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he had kind of the same thing you see. So it was just like nonstop. Especially at that age. Oh yeah, you know, you know, man, it's, it's it's definitely geared for younger people. Yeah, for sure. I'm but glad I'm glad that y'all y'all had another little meet up and had some dinner together. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's a good sign. Yeah, man. Real, you know, I'm all about just, just chilling out, chilling and relax, and you know, having you know just somebody to hang out with and shooting know. some b-ball outside of the school. <laughs> <laughs> Have you told her about this show yet? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Oh no, yeah. that could be your downfall, my friend. Well. You know, man, hey, I'm an open book, man. I'm, you know, that's I'm cool, just though. Like, you know, hey, I'm not hiding anything. From and if that special lady is listening to this show, you always have an invitation to the Hango show. We have four chairs here. I'm usually, I'm always in one of them. I got these other two knuckleheads that are always here, but usually one of them open. So if you ever want to come by and just tell us what you think about Harpoon and how nice of a guy he is, and and uh, just want to talk, talk about now, yourself. We already know that. We need some dirt. We need some. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're welcome to come by the show if you want to bring her by. Are, are you afraid to have her on here? Are you afraid we'll give her the, the third degree pretty hard? No, man. Not are you afraid of what I might say to her? No, not at all. <clears throat> no, really, because y'all are family, you know, and anything, anybody, man, that's going to spend any time with me is going to definitely know you guys yeah. and, and know who I am. I'm not trying to be somebody I'm not with anybody. I mean, I am who I am, and that's... You know, I'm trying to meet somebody real. I want them to feel like I'm real. And so, you know, I'm I'm just, I'm laying it all out there. Hey, man, if you like me, that's cool. If not, that's cool. You know, we'll just be friends and move on or whatever. But, you know, I mean, I'm that's just, I'm being single. I've, I've at this point in my life, I'm, I'm just, I just don't have the time or the desire to have any kind of fishy goings on yeah, with anybody. bullshit. Yeah, of any sort. So, you know, I mean, I'm I'm very open. And, you know, the way I look at it and the way I, I like to um, look at other people is that anything that happened before me has got nothing to do with me. Yeah. It's got, I, I can't, I can't really have a, a positive or negative opinion on it. If it, 
I mean, I can, but I mean, I'm just, I'm just like, you know, I mean, hey, it was before me. What are you going to do to fix it? Nothing. 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 It's history. Yeah. It's just the way, it's just part of them today. So everybody's got that, you know, and everybody understands that, you know, hey, I am who I am. And, and I tell them across the board, everybody, hey, I'm way more apt to apologize for what I'm going to say versus call what I'm going to say. Cause I don't want to think, Hey man, is it okay for me to say this to this person or whatever? You know, if they don't like it, I'll just be like, Hey, I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to offend you or whatever, but I don't ask have for to, permission. Ask for forgiveness instead of permission. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm just, I just want to be, I don't, you know, if any relationship that, that carries on for any length of time, you know, I want to be comfortable with the, with that person like y'all. I mean, y'all yeah. have got this, and I'm not sure what your situation is, man. We hadn't really covered it. But oh, he's I'm been just, married longer than us. So, yeah. Well, he got see, married in 2001. He's been around yeah, a lot. Yeah, man. So, see, y'all have it. Yeah. Y'all, whatever that connection is, y'all have it. And that's what I want. Yeah. I mean, y'all are y'all are who you are around your significant others, man. And they're cool with that. And you're cool with who they are. And, you know, so just starting to have a, a meetings with people and stuff like that, you know. I mean, I'm just across the board. Just, just me. I'll be married 20 years in November. November will be 20 years. Oh, my God. Dude, Congratulations. That seems so long ago. And like I was telling you earlier, I, you know. I'm sorry. It don't seem like it's been that long, long no, ago. I mean, no. it was like yesterday when I got married. And like I was telling you earlier, I mean, I feel like I'm more in love with my wife now than I was the day that I married her because I know who she is more than the day that I married her. Yeah. When I married her, I only knew her a year. Yeah. Wow. Right? So, I mean, you're talking about a selfish 20-year-old kid. You know, that uh, only thinking about themselves. And then you're, you're bringing in two different types of backgrounds, two different types of uh, cultures cultures, really. yeah. and, and thought processes and personalities. And what attracts you to somebody is pretty surface a lot of the time. Not every time, but a lot of the time. Because it's just that attra- initial attraction. But to keep the uh, the ongoing relationship, man, it, it's a lot of work and a lot of give and take. And... Uh, I think that as you we grow grew and matured, um, just a lot of uh, ability to look past faults, and and also support the things that uh, each other does. Like you know, I don't like everything. I wouldn't do the same things that my wife does. I mean, I don't I don't find pleasure or joy in a, in a lot of those things, and vice versa. She wouldn't probably go to a you know tailgate with me right. to, on purpose. You know what I mean? She would go to hang out with me. Um, but, uh, she doesn't hold me back. She's like, yeah, if you want to go tailgating, go tailgating. You want to go visit your friends, go visit your friends, you know? So, um, we have that understanding. And then there is that time where we do give and take, like, for example, uh, for her birthday, she wanted to go down to, uh, she wants to go somewhere and see this concert and it's not necessarily what I would choose, but I'm going to go with her because that's what she wants to do. You know what I mean? So it's just, you got to. Got to find something, some common ground, and some give and take. Are you telling her like, "Hey, I'm gonna go check out. I'm gonna go hang out with Hango for a weekend when I'm off." You know, I mean, she could have said, "No, not without me. You're not." Right. She's like, "Yeah, go ahead." Exactly. You know, I mean, Tink's not sitting outside the door waiting for me to get done every week. Mm-hmm. You know, she's at home doing her own thing, absolutely all the time. She's sleeping. <laughs> no, she'll. <laughs> no, no, no. She sleeps during the day. <laughs> okay. On the weekends, okay. yeah. Sorry, Jake. Uh, on, on the weekend, she stays up to the god awful hour, and then she sleeps all day on Saturday. What happened to my weekend? Like, you slept through the whole damn thing. What happened to your weekend? Taking but, a nap. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a nap, and it lasts for more than five hours. I mean, come on. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, us having – Nancy's not out here waiting on it, you know. Right. 
you know, no, she's definitely a sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but your your wife M being the way she is, you know, always being, she seems very understanding. You know, and y'all have qualities that complement each other. You know, um, like you're talking about her buying books and you read notifications like this, this was purchased on Amazon. This person, <laughs> because Jay is like the 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 purse strings man. I mean, he he keeps a tab on, on his ledger. He's like, what's going on, on Amazon? I'm buying books. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's see what's happening. <laughs> you know, so to make sure there's no fraud going on, right? You know, some couples, we said. Some couples are money people, you know. They can they can share, and some couples they can't put their money together, right? Because they both run off spending money like they they've got a full bank account. Yeah, you know, it's it's good to have an understanding with people, whether it be a mm-hmm. you know a, a new relationship or an old relationship. Mm-hmm. You're going to get to even you know twenty years later. For me, almost fifteen years later, you're still getting to know the person you're with all the time. Exactly. You know. Well, thank you guys for coming on. Thank you, Jay. It's a good time. Thanks for coming out here, man. I appreciate it. It was good meeting the boys, man. Glad you're part of it. You're one of the boys, man. And we we shared this uh, nice bottle here. It's almost gone. That's nice. Definitely. Thanks for the screw ball. Appreciate it. Yeah. My pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Hango Show. Be sure to go by Tripod Broadcasting. Check out all the shows we have on the network. Also, check out the show notes. For deals from our sponsors, like ebels.com, you can save 15% on your purchase with the promo code HANGO. Also, be sure to go by mydelta8.com and use our Amazon link. Just kick a little money back tripod way. Harpoon, Jut, Jay, I love you guys, and I love all you out there for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye.